You all look beat. <laughs> yeah. You all oh, look absolutely I, beat. So I uh, so we got we got home at six p.m. Okay, around five thirty actually, and Steve and I stepped. You know, we put stuff away that needed to get put away, or otherwise didn't. And Kit was just meow 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 and cool. everything. And I cleaned Kit's box and I set Kit up with some nice food. And then I was like, okay, I got some work due on Monday. I'm going to take a quick nap. Then I'm going to get up and do that. Uh, 15. Wow, <laughs> dude, I was kidding. Holy crap. I went to bed at 6, and I did wake up intermittently, like go to the bathroom. And it was funny because Kit would hear me go to the bathroom, and he'd come up, and he'd jump on my chest. But I'd go right back to sleep. And I did not get out of bed until 9 a.m. the following morning. I oh. wish. Yeah. I wish. I slept like crap again last night, but partially because Bartimaeus... <laughs> is an asshole. So he was... I am concerned about the amount of travel we're doing coming up because just this weekend coming home, he was kind of like pissy with us and he chewed up shit that he net like on. He got on the kitchen counters and chewed up shit places. He never doesn't do that shit. Mm. Um, and then he woke me up. He started doing his jump in my face and meow at one thirty in the morning. And usually it's at three thirty in the morning. <laughs> oh God. So I was pretty much awake off and on since till I woke up in the morning from 1.30. We at least Ouch. got to watch Ahsoka when we got back and, you know, have a drink and just chill out. But uh, maybe we should have just taken some sleepy time tea and fallen asleep for 15 hours like you did. <laughs> hey. I, yeah. You could have done that. There's no fucking way I'm sleeping through Bartimaeus because he knows I will get up. So he he literally jumps on the bed and, like, rubs his tail in my face while I'm sleeping. Yep. So it's uh, there's no sleeping. As soon as I loaded stuff up, I, <laughs> I was like, well, Gotta go take it. Um, it's nappy time. Kirsten goes, wow, you waste no time. And I did. I, but then I, you know, I definitely, did, I had alarm set, you know, because I thought, well, I'll get up and then we'll watch something or something. So it was, I probably got up at eight. Came downstairs, no K. I was like, all right, well, I guess, I guess it's me and John Newland and one step beyond. <laughs> and then, and then it got to, like 10 or 10 30 and i was like okay passing out again this will be fun and then i went to bed and 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 then well actually i went to bed and right outside in the hallway there's kit just sitting there (laughs) (laughs) and he's all and so i went into my room and he was like looking looking can i go in there and i was like and i just left the door open and so i got in bed and i was i was all set to you know read or do something and i'll or do thing, something or, or do something <laughs> <laughs> see new fan x listeners i told you it was not safe for work <laughs> anyway um and then kit just jumps up and then i get for the first time the stuff that Kay has been talking about where he just starts needing everything the the blanket my arm my chest my legs and I kept having to move them away from more sensitive areas. <laughs> and, and, I'm kidding. Look at my asshole. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then that was it. He finally found a comfort place where he was just kind of kneading my thigh, but that meant his tail 
was towards my and I and I'd be sitting there reading and all of a sudden flap, flap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flap, flap. Do that. All he wanted you to do is look at his asshole. Yeah, I know, but I wasn't going to do it. I, I wasn't going to give him the you satisfaction. Know, I figured out cats a while ago, but nobody wants to do the solution to that sort of thing, which is you blow on their asshole. <laughs> you, you literally, they show you their asshole, and you go, Hi, look at my asshole. Oh, why and, you blow my yeah, 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 there you go. <laughs> there you go. They turn around, they look at you like, what the fuck? And you know, then they pretty much stop. Now, or they don't do it for long because they know what's coming. Yeah. So, so cats having cats at home in conventions don't mix. Um, yeah. I wish I could bring the cat to the convention. But, I think he could have oh. just stopped at after at having cats. Yeah. That's that's you. <laughs> having Jeff. Having oh. cats. That's the problem. There you go. That's no. Jeff's next magazine cover. Cat lover. <laughs> what's wrong with you? Cat lover with a cleaver and a. Cat lover, what's wrong with you? Like Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 706. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Indifferent Vlark. With <laughs> Professor Biggs. And Deb. And we're here to talk Week in Geek. Full cast. Full cast. Yes. Been a what big, the hell? Big been a week. Um, <clears throat> first of all, all of you that joined us and are here for the first time from Fanex, hi. Hi, Master Torgo. I'm the big head. <laughs> he really is in life, too. That was to scale. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. That's why I can't travel, because the airline costs cost me extra. You wouldn't, you wouldn't fit through the door. He would not have fit in the minivan. No, no. Can't do it. I mean, we barely fit in the minivan. <laughs> <laughs> if, we got, if we'd gotten one with a sunroof, maybe. We had a sunroof. We oh. Were, we did. oh, yeah, it did, didn't it? We yeah. had a sunroof? Yeah, you guys was it a sunroof or a moonroof? Moonroof. Okay. Moonroof. Yeah. Well, you should have stood up, and you would have no, been fine. There's no, a moonroof. It was above you two. Oh, the ones with the room in the thing. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't notice. But if it was a moonroof, <laughs> then it doesn't open anyway. So. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> well, might have opened. Jeff but we never tried. Did, Jeff no, didn't like opened. our our uh, travel to Salt Lake City uh, because the very first. Hard turn we took. Boxes fell on his head. Yes, I hear screaming from the back. Let me paint a picture for you. (laughs) (laughs) Let me stop it right there. Oh, please, please do. This is a minivan, right? Supposed to have seating for eight people, maybe six grown adults. There was eight seats in the car. I'm gonna stop you right there and just say there's maybe (laughs) seating for six six grown adults in this thing. The very, very, very back seat is a sixty forty split seat. More like 70-30. I sat on the tiniest seat in the car. Uh-huh. A full three inches narrower than the seat in front of me. You could I see had... Jeff calculating with his uh, <laughs> sensors. It was not easy to get in and out of that back, but that's beside the point. All the stuff was packed in there. The first left-hand turn we took, everything that was stacked, it was like in slow motion, comes roaring towards me. I have just enough time to get my hands up, but still didn't stop the wheel of fun from smacking me right in the head. That's it's fun. It's living up to its name. Fun, not guaranteed. Uh, I just had to. I had to take a second and go. What the fuck just happened? Yeah. And, and make sure well, it wasn't bleeding. He actually did. He actually did exclaim in the highly emotional. Ah, things are falling. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that, that tone. <laughs> things are falling. Ah. Well. Well, if you well, know Mary Jeff, and I that's... was surrounded by cardboard, so <laughs> there was some uh, sound deadening in yeah. there. So now, fuck, I, it sounded to me like I was screaming. So apparently, just... <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, this is right after we. <laughs> 
Yes, folks. Jeff's internal sensors registered. This is sufficient volume for panic. <laughs> but to do to do Jeff justice, he is in this narrow seat. We took out the other seat. There was no other in the middle seat row. There. Yeah. Oh, in the middle of our row. Your row. Okay, but what, there was no seat. Next to Jeff, was yeah, there? No, no, it was folded. It was folded down. It was yeah. folded down. So he had a pile of plastic and cardboard, basically where his armrest should have been. Yeah, right so, up against and, my and shoulder. And it went right up, right up to the roof. Well, it's perfect. You can lean against that to sleep. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> and, and the other thing, this all happened right as we. Right after we picked him up. Yeah, this was Boulder Highway. Yeah. Not, so, not five right minutes after so, we departed the house. We pulled into Sam's Club to fix the Sam's issue. Town, yeah. yeah. Oh, and by the way, Sam's, Sam's Club. Town. Sam's Town. Sam's Town. Boulder Station. Boulder Whatever. Station. And by the way, folks, uh, Boulder Station, too many speed bumps. Holy fuck. There were like three, four speed bumps <laughs> yes. right in a row. And, and so we're like, hold on, Jeff. Hold on. Like, hold on, Jeff. Poor bastard. They are underselling it. They are... There are three speed bumps literally connected to each other at the very beginning of the entryway. Yeah. And then there are two speed bumps in front of a crosswalk with another two on the other side. So it's three right together, two, and then two more. Yeah. So you're barely over that first set of speed bumps when you're already going over that second set when you cross the part, this, the crosswalk. I love how the first ten minutes of this episode describes the first five minutes of our journey, <laughs> in which we haven't even left fucking Vegas yet. Well, I, I do want to go back in time and put up a live stream of the entire journey at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. We, we, oh, God, yeah. We, sh we should actually uh, record the, the journey. We talked about it. Because that moment right there was, was worth the price of admission. Although, now that Jeff describing it i think it's kind of ironic that basically the speed bumps at boulder station bump out uh sos in morse code if you think about it <laughs> yeah. but it, it was just a ah things are falling <laughs> and I'm like oh we better pull over and we're pulling over on boulder highway and jeff is like just go in the next parking lot and so and we go in, and then we're, chaboom, chaboom, chaboom. and everyone's like, Jesus Christ, where the hell do we? And then we finally stop, and we started rearranging things, but it was crazy. Yeah, those boxes are bouncing off of my head because of the speed bumps. The wheel, the wheel of fun, uh, like I'm trying to decapitate. Uh, no, I had the wheel of fun firmly gripped in one hand, ah, well, because it had sharp edges. He had priorities. <laughs> he saved the show, folks. <laughs> And we did figure out that we could take the unused seatbelt and use that to strap, <laughs> strap in the in wheel, wheel of fun. Like, all right. So uh, one of our one of our tips for the next trip: bungee cords. Bungee cords. We need yeah. to you know, wrap Jeff in yes. bubble wrap. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, we could mitt Romney Romney him and just put him in a carrier on the roof. <laughs> or next time, you know, I'll just fly out and meet you guys yeah. there. Or that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, right just that there. Uh, new Fanex people. That probably explains a lot of what you met at the show. <laughs> <laughs> if you're coming from Fanex, chances are I screamed at you at some point. Yep. yep My yep, voice yep. is just blown out. Uh, it was blown out the first day. <laughs> yes. I had so much tea and honey. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right. I want to hear highlights. Uh what were your favorite parts of Fanex? Whether it was uh, any part, whether it was had to do with the booth or even away from the booth, what was your favorite parts? Uh, and I'll, I'll I'll point so we have yeah, some, yeah, yeah. some organization. Jeff, 
uh, you had the most uh, financially involved in this. Uh, honestly, the, the, the most fun was always the costumes because there are some people that put together some really fascinating intricate costumes. Yep. Scott Schofield. Scully. Scully. Yes. No, none more than him. With, yeah. with not just him, but his two kids in their Warhammer getup. In their Adeptus Mechanicus. Yes. Just. Wow. One best in show. Did it? Yes. Mm -hmm. He actually left a message. Nice. They, they came by to see us when we had gone to dinner Saturday night. So he oh. came by after we closed. But he did win best in show. So, uh, which was presented by Eric Allen Hall of uh, Star Trek uh, fandom fame, who's always winning shows. I joked with him, it's like, well, you can't win it all the time, Eric. They probably just put you in a presenter to, you know, and he laughed. He laughed, because he's the one who was always win with his board costume. He was Data, right? <clears throat> but yeah. he was dressed as Data. Yeah. The On Saturday, he was dressed as Superman. Er Eric does a lot of work with uh, heroic charity cosplay in, La in uh, Salt Lake City. Oh. And uh, and they were there. They had a booth there. Yeah, he I mentioned. Stole. I think w he was at the booth for the yeah. charity thing, wasn't he? Yeah. In addition to the presenting, yeah, he mentioned that. Check our Instagram, uh, Geek Shock Podcast. Uh, you'll see the pictures of the Adeptus Mechanicus. They're like red with a bit of gold. There's three of them. They're amazing. Yeah, best costumes I've ever seen. Uh, Scott is a part of our Kofi. That's the <clears throat> our Patreon, basically, and. Uh, he goes by Doomfist on the uh, Discord, and he's been posting up pictures, I know, on his Facebook, but also up on our Discord, uh, just showing what amazing work he has done. Cool. And I cannot applaud it enough. Uh, Shock Monkeys, any listeners, uh, you need to see this costume. Yeah. It is mind-blowing. And yes. if you were at FanX on, what was it, Saturday? Or it was. Friday. We saw them in Friday, but we I saw think them Friday. they the, also the show wore was Saturday. Saturday. Okay. Uh, then you would know who we were talking about. It's... Yeah, the Red Warhammer yeah. group. Yeah. Scott's so amazing, he has been uh, solicited by uh, Russian mafia uh, <laughs> guys to do stuff. So, you know it's good. You know it's dangerous. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> the, the one funny thing about Scott's uh, costume was he has a, a fake face in the in the front of it like his head is you know the top of the hump of the thing and he has a fake face in front of it and you just start talking to the fake you face talk to, you talk to the fake face yeah yeah but he could totally talk and see you and and right out of it and his daughter was uh was wonderfully spooky by not ever talking and she just kept totally silent love it and uh he she was the one that he made the extendable fingers so almost like, her, like edward scissor hands yeah, type yeah. things yeah, yeah her fingers were were three times as long but we're still articulating so and then it was funny because they visited us uh, also out of costume in fact that was the first visit mm -hmm. yeah. and uh they were just like well what's what's shame what's what's big head so we demonstrated <laughs> and they were they regretted asking that and uh jack is uh Jack is a reserved kid, so uh, we showed oh, him no. what ball pit was. <laughs> his look on his face is just, okay, fine, I'll do this, but I really want to, you know, leave all of you now. <laughs> uh, it was just, but it was, it was wonderful. And congratulations, Scott, you're, you're, you're just you smashing it. it with those uh, costumes. Yeah. Deb, what was your favorite part? What was that red thing I just ate? <laughs> I had the <laughs> 
Oh. Herein lies a little story. Go ahead. Oh my! So we went to dinner to celebrate, you know, the end of con and stuff, and we went to a nice dinner. And we get to dessert, and Biggs and I have the same. We don't. We're not sharing a dessert, but we got the same dessert, and it was like a peanut butter chocolate cake pie thing or whatever. Yeah. And it came Please with yeah. two blackberries and a raspberry on the side, like actual fruit, and. His comment was in regards to the raspberry. And all of us were like, you've never had a raspberry before? It turned into this whole thing. It was just, it was so fucking We've never had raspberry preserves. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we got no, the I, server I, I, at one point. God. And we we're like, can, can you just confirm for our person here that the, the red thing on the, the peanut butter uh, chocolate thing was a raspberry? And she gets this look on her face and she's like, yeah. And I'm like, because he wasn't so sure. And she's like, have you never had a raspberry before? <laughs> and, and Steve does this wild just this gesticulation with his hands, and he's like, "Yes, but I mean that just didn't it taste." Did, I've it had raspberry. Taste like a raspberry. I have had actual raspberries. <laughs> didn't before. Didn't seem like it to us. Yeah. And this did not taste <laughs> like a raspberry. <laughs> Yeah, and so that was like, oh, and it was like, oh, the, the oh we all server. laughed so hard. <laughs> we were lucky. Gets this look on her face. She's like, I just don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> we're lucky. Yeah, right. We were lucky. We were only one of two tables left and, in there because yes. we would have got kicked out. Oh, we were so loud. We were laughing so hard. I'd never ever heard Deb laughed this way. <laughs> this was. You hear that? Yeah. She towards lost the her end, shit. did you oh, we hear all how lost it our shit. went up in pitch towards the end? That was the entire laugh. It was like, you've got to do something special to get that, apparently, because that's the only time I've ever heard that. I think my comment was like, I have been in the food service business for over 32 years, and this is the first I've ever heard of anything like this. (laughs) (laughs) At one point, when the server asked if everything was good, Barry was like, uh, well, mine's a little, what were you, underdone? It was, it, it underdone. was underdone. I ordered a steak yeah. medium rare. It was definitely on the rare side. And, and yeah, rare. he's like, mine's a little underdone. I like it. And she's like, you know, all the appropriate, I'll take it back. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's still good. I'll eat it. So later on, she comes up and she's like, um, okay, I'm uh, for you. And she like, you know, taps Barry on the shoulder. Uh, I'll get you, I'll buy you dessert for you because I feel bad about it being underdone and Barry's like okay thanks and I was just like mine was overdone mine was overdone <laughs> she's like oh you guys are so funny <laughs> I mean, so, that, that's like a subtle middle finger to you <laughs> fuck you she she did say with all sincerity we were most the most entertaining table she had all night well we were probably the most entertaining panel panel uh, booth, booth at that place yep I walked around I, I, I did what little I could walk around I did walk around and no one was entertaining. Sure, no one was giving yeah. away free stuff like us, but no yeah. one was. We well, like during breakdown, we had random people as we were walking out, just going, "Thank you for making this weekend so much fun." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we loved listening to what was going on in your booth, etc. And I'm like, "Oh, thanks." Well, we had uh, our neighbor Trung, who uh, I don't Trung. Know, I don't know what fucking company he was. <laughs> I don't know. We, but we, they they sell plushy Pokemon as and well Pokemon as, cards and cards, collector cards and Magic the Gathering. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, he he was there alone. And this was your typical retail-like setup. It's like this lone guy sitting on a stool, surrounded. He was an island of humanity in this 
in the booth that they had booth that was just plushy dolls and collector cards yeah yeah he had to keep moving or people would think he would be for sale yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so he said you guys are great for traffic this is wonderful because i'm getting so many people coming oh i was just having fun you know yelling at people and just occasionally looking at Trong to see if he's losing his shit. Oh, and he was. He was always. <laughs> eventually, we were incorporating him. We were just like, Geek Shock, the funnest booth in the Fan X. Trong will vouch for us. And he's like, yes, they are. They're great. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> free bags here. Fill them with Trong shit. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. We actually did do that because he didn't have bags. So no, we did. So you know, he would even say, go over there, spin the wheel, then you can get a bag to carry your stuff. And stuff. <laughs> so, uh, Steve, what was your favorite part? Um, I, I, just just that. Um, I um, There was a lot of that's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hang on. Hold on. Oh, hold on. Has- Steve, <laughs> Steve oh, I'm coming back to you. Varg, what was your favorite part? <laughs> Um, honestly, my favorite part was uh, certain people meeting certain people because some people were absolutely great. I think the best person I met there was uh, what? What the fuck are you laughing at? Meeting certain people. This is Barry. <laughs> this is well, Barry. Yeah, we're talking about. They have to be certain. Okay, I'll tell the. Obviously, there's there's some reading between the lines in that. Yes, meeting certain people. <laughs> It was a very interesting group of people at this con. Eclectic. As it is, it's a very eclectic group of people at the con. And uh, some of them were way bizarre. And uh, I had great fun observing them, like one would observe animals at the zoo. So that I like the zoo. I like the con. Uh, <laughs> that is as PC wow. as I can say it. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a good Fanex t-shirt. For, for I us. like the zoo. I like the con. That sounds like a sticker idea. For the same reason. <laughs> yeah, like for us, zoo. one of the most enjoyable moments was when Barry lost his voice because for a change, <laughs> yes. he was actually quiet. Yeah. yeah. And oh my God, it was so nice. Yeah, that's true. And I had to like build it up. I, I, I know I had to go out there and bark and yell and get people to come in. Not like actual bark, but you know. Like carnival barking. Carnival barking, yeah. Because barking at these, well, that might have brought well, people in. You too, kind actually. of did after actually on Friday. <laughs> was I just barking at people? Well, because your voice was like shit. So. Oh. Come to the Geek Shark booth. <gasps> yeah, uh, Saturday in the early part of, or Friday in the early part of Saturday, it was literally like. It, it, it sounded like he was doing a Sanford Meisner impression. Yeah, it, well, yeah, we had. Nobody knew Harvey Firestein was. I just want to be loved. Is there anything wrong with People that? would ask me, what's Geek Shock? Uh, ask me. Uh, ask him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so He would bad. be in the middle of a spiel, and all of a sudden his voice would just go, and he'd like point at Big Sir Kirsten, and they'd have to step up and go, <laughs> do this. So, what he was trying to say was. And <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, I think the best person I met there was this guy named Jason. And Jason works uh, with a company, uh, Wyvern Warfare. Yeah. Oh. And he made the best, hands down, the best resin uh, dice rolling trays I have ever seen. And now, bear in mind, it's, it's, it's like hand-carved wood and resin. Like, you've seen videos of this on YouTube where they make, like, the river tables. 
that's what he did and made these dice rolling trays. They were amazing. There were a lot of D&D. There was a lot of role-playing stuff there, no matter what. There's a lot of custom dice and, and role-playing. And terrain. Terrain and, and yeah. every, a lot of terrain. But uh, there, and I'm quoting him now, the hybrid resin rolling trays are handcrafted in their wood shop in Ogden, Utah. The material for the sidewalls is made from a blend of Buckeye Burl wood. Buckeye Burl wood is fucking gorgeous by the way yeah uh, it's ethically harvested focusing on fuel reduction in northern california and colored resins they use a tongue and groove assembly method for the leather platform to add strength to the assembly they want their products to be enjoyed for years to last and the leather they use is genuine cowhide leather and it's, it's lifetime warranty anything to fail they replace it he jumped into making these because of his own personal passion for tabletop gaming. He's, his, uh, he thinks that, and I agree with him, the world's been transformed into being focused into sitting in a room with a keyboard and a screen and negating face-to-face -face interactions. And he thought if he could create a traveling, uh, one-of-a-kind work of art, maybe people would make the switch to in-person gaming because humans evolved needing their tribes. And man, I 100% agree. And uh, the the one that we have in front of us, Purple and Burlwood, absolutely amazing thank you jason yes thank you very much yeah it's I, absolutely stunning it's gorgeous. i mean you when you hold it you are this thing is is strong not not only aesthetically beautiful but it's just just <laughs> tough as can be because yeah uh, uh, frankly a lot of dice rolling trays i've come across if you drop them you're probably going to lose it you break it glue it back together i would not have an issue dropping this one at all i wouldn't drop it yes. but still yeah <laughs> anyway go to wyvernwarfare.com that gives my like 100 percent it uh, oh yeah, yeah i probably should huh because yes i'm sure there's w-y-v-e-r-n warfare.com if i have to spell warfare for you then figure your life yeah, out. yeah it would it, there was a lot of attention to it it had like it has like the little rubber feet on it which will make it secure and that that when they talk about the leather folks what they're talking about is the the uh, uh, the bottom of the tray, right? Is, the actually rolling surface. The yeah, rolling surface. Because you don't surface. want to roll onto burl right. wood or whatever. You don't people have heavy metal dice now. Yeah, and you don't want you. You always get that clack 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 clack, which everyone's like, oh, that's cool. But after four hours of a gaming session, that shit is annoying. Mm -hmm. Plus, you can and, scratch it, <clears throat> and it's that that the leather is what covers the rolling surface. So it's just it's well thought out. It's well designed. It's very nice. Yeah. So. That honestly, that was my favorite part of the con. Nice, Kirsten. What's your favorite? And yelling at people. Uh, I, think, I like yelling at people. I think my favorite was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> the friends you lost along the way. I liked. I. I. Uh, one of the best moments was on the ride out there when. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, oh my! Jeff, um, uh, Barry, and Deb witnessed the um, cheese eating uh, <laughs> prowess, maybe prowess, of <laughs> Professor Biggs. Who I got, saw the most horrific thing. In the he car. got a brick of Colby Jack. It was an eight-ounce block. He oh, literally oh. bought an eight-ounce block of Colby Jack from the Peeled grocery store, it like a banana, and just ate it and ate it. Like a candy bar. He ate it like a fucking candy bar. Well, Barry is yeah. sitting in the front seat. He turns around, sees this wrapper, and he go, looks at Biggs like, did you eat this whole fucking thing? Yeah, yeah. Biggs, the garbage is placed between Deb and Barry up front. So Biggs just reaches out and goes, oh, here's a cheese wrapper we can throw away. And Barry's like, what the fuck? In utter horror, <laughs> yes. I look back. And did you consume that, you piece of shit? <laughs> the look on Barry's face was hilarious. <laughs> 
I would like to point out that the car didn't stink the rest yeah, of the trip. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah. you know. It means it was. it's just in him. It might still be in him. <laughs> yeah, it, it might still be making its way through his bowels. <laughs> well, this shit is a thick hunk of cheese. Oh, man. There's going to come a day I'm going to see the results of your angiogram, and you're going to be 80% fucking cheese. <laughs> I do not eat the block of cheese all that often. Maybe. But the fact that you have done it before. Yeah, the fact that volume. Twice a month is what I said. You've eaten the USDA recommended amount of cheese for a year. (laughs) That would just kill me. Oh, I know. Why do you think I did it in front of you? (laughs) You know, you squint. You look like you're eating a creamsicle or something fun. Yeah, yeah. No, you're not supposed to eat it in one sitting. It's an eight-ounce block of Colby Jack. Of course it's fun. I... Dude, he will rise to the occasion. Though. Rise? There, there was one time uh, he he texted me while I was at Smith's, you know, can you get me some cheese? And I'm like, sure. What do you like? Oh, the Colby Jack, right? And I look around. Oh, there it is. Boop. I pick up the 16 ounce. I bring it back. And and he rose to the occasion. <laughs> you ate the whole thing? And no. Went- <laughs> I ate half of it and then put it in the fridge. Wow. Just wow. Sat there. I, I'm going to sit there and say uh, I disagree, but okay. Nope. <laughs> Who would have thought you could thing. make a business out of selling like Colby Jack cheese on a stick for just for this guy? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Next time you come over, everyone else will have like, like vegetables and healthy shit, and I'll just put a, a, a popsicle stick at the end of a hunk of cheese and say, eat it. That'd be Damn. awesome. Steve, Steve, would do Steve it. I'm sitting at Did your you table. Did you know Corn Dog Castle at DCA? Um, actually sells a corn dog that is just cheese in the middle. So it's a block yeah. of cheese and then they just put the corn dog batter on it and deep fry it. Well, there you yeah. go. It's delicious. That's, that's it's like delicious. A, like a giant See? mozzarella stick. That's more like a piece of string cheese with a corn dog coating, no. right? No. Is it no. cheddar? It's, I think it's cheddar. Yeah. yeah. Mm. See? That's and and what about fried deep fried butter? That's I still want to try that someday. Why? Butter. That just doesn't but, you know, sound so, good. So you had you had the reaction to that. You, you had... Um, I really did love the whole ah things are falling <laughs> and uh, and Deb's laugh at the whole what was the red thing I ate and then well Barry in general yeah. Barry losing his voice it it you know I standing on the, chairs yelling at people one of the things yeah. I like about these trips because uh, uh, well these trips uh, all all one of them but when we do the the cons the two times we've done it is uh, the group of us getting together and doing something like this. You know, we're not, it's not we're playing DC Deck Builder, we're not playing D&D or anything. We're working at and doing something, but we're also, because the nature of our brand and what we're trying to communicate about Geek Shock is so much fun, is to have fun, that it turns into fun. Our brand is um, chaos. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, 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 it really is fun. It, I, uh... We were all hurting. I developed this Ugh. strange pinched nerve phenomenon in my thigh. I'm gonna have to talk to the doctor about because on on Saturday I could not stand for more than a few minutes at a time. Oh wow, it's very weird. So so that kind of stuff you know gets you down. But overall, just the whole effort and and going through things. Jeff putting up with sitting in his baby seat. Uh, and you know the logistics and planning and execution that Barry and Deb went through. If uh, if we do gain people and we do become we do grow, uh, it's going to be in no small part due to their efforts there. Mm-hmm. So it's it's 
been a lot of fun like that. And then, you know, Steve eating cheese. So <laughs> and, and whatever that red thing was, yeah. which I am convinced was not a raspberry. Because <laughs> yeah. I've had a raspberry. So. Yeah, so basically getting to yell at people uh, more than made up for the at the end of the con, having to walk back to the hotel like the Rattan Death March with these feet <laughs> killing yeah. me. Oh, Ugh. my God. Just utter murder. And the sheer joy. The, the joy and the sheer ridiculousness of what we do. People yeah. wanting to be wanting shamed. shame. They spin the wheel and they're and like, big shame, head. shame, yeah. shame, shame. Yeah. Or big head, how, how, how. Yeah, if, if, if we got them in because they saw um, somebody getting shamed or, or the big head come out and they're like, what is this? What do I have to do to get the big head? What do I have to do to get shamed? That was hysterical. It was fun. It was yeah. shocking because it was Todd's face. Who wants that? <laughs> <laughs> big giant face and. Man, there was that one woman who she just she just did not want to be by big head and she's trying to hide behind her husband and he's thinking it's fucking hilarious yeah and so he's maneuvering to force her to be in the picture there's so many of that was fun some people participating with it and other people standing there like oh my god <laughs> but it, it it was just and and i will say so by saturday the guy at the end of our row on the other side of uh, Trong, uh, he was selling posters. And he started cribbing uh, our big head thing. Anytime he'd sell a poster, like when, we, when the big head would come out, I would try to hoist it up as high as it could possibly go and go, big head, big head, and do a big sweep around so that it would, so anyone walking by would see the big head. Well, by Saturday, he was doing the same thing. He goes, sold a poster! <laughs> <laughs> Just making it huge. Yeah, and that was, I mean, and ball pit. It's like there were people who that got, was super fun. Now describe what ball pit is. Ball pit is uh, you, you land on ball pit. You what land happens? on ball pit. Uh, Barry goes ape shit because you just hit ball pit, which is the greatest thing at Fanex. And Barry's sitting there. Yes, ball pit. This is great. You just got thirty seconds, you know. And he's making a big. Production <laughs> you just got thirty seconds in the ball pit. Yes, he's totally barking it up. And then he pulls it out, and it's a little inflatable baby pool. It, yeah, you it, can't even it call it in, a kiddie pool. Infant pool. pool. It's yes. like a soak your foot after a hard day of work. Yes. It is one foot. Maybe one foot. Just one. It yeah. is maybe 18 inches across. Yes. Maybe. And we put, I think it was 16, actually. We put a layer of plastic balls right in there, and we just pull out the yeah. geek shock ball pit we only let him put like one foot in and then made, yeah. made him hold the sign that says i'm having fun in the ball pit. <laughs> yes and we took a picture of it the best were so. the people who got the reference yeah. from dash well the, the thing i was going to build to is that not everybody got the reference but they still, they still thought it was it. hysterical because on top of everything else this is a ludicrously little ball pit it's just, it's just with a lot of pomp and circumstance. Stupidly yes. tiny, and we didn't even give him thirty seconds in the ball. Oh pit. yeah, no, yeah, nah, you're having too much fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was Barry's closer. Too much fun. Give me that. I just sign. love Barry's. Like, get out of my ball pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people were like, people would be like, ball pit. What the hell's the ball pit? And then, then we'd reach under the table and pull out the ball pit, and they'd start laughing. Yeah. Hey, so uh, coming from Star Trek, the experience. Everybody drink. Um, I know how to heap abuse on people where they like it. <laughs> for those who don't know, he played a Ferengi. So. And for those who don't know, there are certain things that we mentioned everyone has to drink. It's the Geek Shock drinking game. Yeah. 
and also working at Star Trek: The Experience, having right. another drink, you 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 learned plenty of watching management where they would you know heap abuse on people and make them like it. It was very strange, <laughs> but but yeah, it, it, that was. I, I don't know. It just the people enjoying the zaniness of it was the cool thing. Zaniness. That was definitely the cool thing. Um, so, and it's very much on brand for us. And that's so. I yeah. I really enjoy that. It's tiring. Oh my God, is it oh, tiring? So yeah. tiring? We need to devote so much energy to it, and we need to be moving too. But um, you know, it's worth it in the end because the people, everybody, just reacts to how zany and crazy we are. There's that word again, zany. Oh, yeah. Zany. Zany antics oh, ensue. I, I don't like it. I don't know why. Ugh. What is it like? Moist? No. <laughs> zany is a choice. It's that was a also choice. a super popular sticker, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous. Very surprising. Yeah, the ball pit was a great example of something that if you were if you knew the dash dashcon thing. It had another layer to it, but it was hard. It was funny just by itself, much like some of our stickers. If you listen to the show, you'll kind of get the reference. But even if you don't, some of those stickers just made people laugh. Or shame, because I think a lot... We were surprised at the number of people we would be like, have you watched Game of Thrones? And they're like, for those that haven't been to the booth, what is shame? Shame is you land on shame and we shame you. We shout, shame! While we ring a bell. Just like the scene from Game of Thrones. Just like the scene from Game of Thrones. And the number of people, when we asked them, have you seen Game of Thrones? And they're like, nuh-uh. It was just like, oh, well, this is going to tank. But they still thought it was friggin' funny. I'll tell you yeah. what was the most disturbing thing to me at this con was when I'd say, we've been around since 2008, and people would turn to me and go, oh, I haven't been alive that long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah one, girl, one girl looked at our flyer, and she's like, oh, the year I was born. <laughs> yeah. Steve and I, we sort of did the Theoden <laughs> aging thing. Yeah. Two towers just, oh. oh. We chose poorly. Yeah. <laughs> so... But it, it, yeah, it's. It, <sighs> What's the most disturbing thing you saw? Well, was it disinterested? You know, uh, you we're, know we're, what? We're, we're going to no, no, yeah, we're, we can go back to that, but we still need Steve's favor. Uh-huh. So everything that they've already talked about is was kind of the big highlight. I did thinking it was kind of like a typical Comic Con. I was looking for the panels, you know, because again, you need to take a little bit of a booth from the <laughs> or a little bit of a break from the from the booth. booth. Yeah. And so I saw that they were going to be doing a Death of Superman 30th anniversary panel. So I was like, oh, okay. That's, and looking through the list of panels, I was like, well, that's kind of the only one I'm really interested in. So I went to that. Very disappointing. Oh, no. Aww. Yeah. It was none of, the, none of the creators. So no Dan Jurgens, no, you know, no Mike Carlin, no, nobody was there. It was just, it, it was like, it was like if you and Jeff and two other people who like Back to the Future did a panel about the 40th anniversary of Back to the Future. I'd go to that panel. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you know. Did and, you say they were rather undereducated to be well, giving a panel like that? Given, well, given the fact that they kept touting the fact that three of the five were university professors and one of them actually, I, I think the guy that ran the panel was somebody who actually gave lectures about comic book history yeah they it was a little it was all i could do to go it wasn't a nameless guy it was and now i forget but 
you know, Mike Carlin in the, in the 30th anniversary edition of The Death of Superman actually wrote this nice essay about how they came up with the, you know, the original concept and the story and everything. And they, yeah, these guys just kind of glossed over everything. I, it was, yeah, it was just, it was five guys talking about Death of Superman comic. Well, the end. You know, I, Steve is mentioning that as the most memorable, but Steve, mm -hmm. I think you have a more memorable memory. At one point, we had a lull, just a brief lull. And I see the back of this head passing our booth. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Dayton? No, I got that as a note. Yeah. And then he turns, and it's Dayton Ward, Star Trek tie-in author. And I'm like, Dayton. And he's and like, oh, and he looks at Geek Shock. He doesn't know me. Uh, I, we're friends on Facebook, but that's because I'm part of the Star Trek crowd. So I tap Jeff on the back, and I'm like, Jeff D. And Jeff stands up, and he's like, hey, hi. And Dayton's like, hey, hi. It's the friend of Quark's uh, most famous bartender. Right. <laughs> yeah, and he, he um, shakes hands, and, and we're all saying hi, hello, and exchanging hellos with Dayton Ward. Yeah, oh, I see and where this is. so I knew he was going to be there, and so I, I packed up a bunch of Dayton Ward-written Star Trek books, uh, hoping to get them, get them signed by him. And, and he mentions that to Dayton, and he's like, I'll be by your booth because I got a bunch of books. And Dayton's like, why don't we do that here right now? I'll sign him right here right now. Yeah. So the first one I gave him is, uh, and this is why I texted you earlier, is uh, Star Trek Vanguard Summon the Thunder by Dayton Ward and Kevin Dilmore. And this has been sitting on my shelf of intent for quite a while. I haven't actually read it. And uh, I... I'm guessing now that I probably picked it up at a used bookstore, but he opened up to the page that he usually signs, and it's already signed. <laughs> Steve didn't know this beforehand, too. Yeah, I again, it's because been he my, hasn't read it yet. Yeah, it's yeah. Been, just been on my shelf of intent. And originally, it was written to Todd, and that's why I texted you. Did you ever have any books signed by Kevin uh, by uh, um, Dayton Ward? And oh wow! Ward? And by the way, Dayton said, "By the way, uh, this is a first for me." For someone to give me a book to sign that's already been signed to someone else. <laughs> yeah. So it was originally signed to Todd. Nobody uh, can hear you, Steve. Why can't they hear me? <laughs> I have the microphone the mic right up to my face. Anyway. Um, anyway, so it was originally written to Todd. Uh, Todd, enjoy Dayton Ward. So he saw that. He scribbles out the, <laughs> the two and he writes... Fuck Todd, Steve, <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> Dayton Ward for the win. Whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. What did? Uh, oh, now, now was this your book, Todd? I'm sorry. Was this your book? Uh, no, I don't believe I've ever owned that Are book in my sure? life. Are you sure? Because it was written in 2006. Okay. And Kevin Dilmore wrote my favorite Mohawked Vulcan. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Really? And That's, I thought, but, but I've never had a mohawk as a Vulcan. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but you've had a mohawk, and you've, and you've been, been a, a Vulcan. Vulcan. It's so weird. Yeah. And so that's why I was like, <laughs> was this one of those books that when Todd was doing some of his shelf cleaning that I just kind of grabbed out of the box? And <laughs> so it's a mystery. Because none of us could believe you would you would give away or a get signed. rid of a book oh, that's sure. signed. But it, it, it was so funny when you were like, no, that wasn't me. And then he reads the Kevin Dilmore thing, and we're, it was Maybe just it so is. fucking perfect. Yeah. Well, it's weird, because I have that book, and Dayton gave it to me at San Diego Comic-Con one year. Uh, I, do, I do have a signed copy of it, but I still have mine. 
but it's just funny because we went by the booth and he was just like, do you have this one yet? And I didn't have that one. I said, no, because I, I haven't had a chance to go to the bookstore. And he goes, don't go to the bookstore. Here. And he just handed me a copy. Because <laughs> it was at the end of the convention. Yeah. And then the other thing is, uh, I have to give a shout out to Wild Bill's Old Fashioned Soda. Um, <laughs> I originally ran into them two years ago at San Diego Comic-Con. And for those who don't know, it's a, it's a company that makes root beer and sarsaparilla and black cherry sodas and all this type of thing at comic-con they they only have uh pepsi products on tap here they actually had their stuff on tap and if you were a if you were an exhibitor you got to reef and again i bought a refillable metal mug from them two years ago if you were an exhibitor at fanex you got Free ref well, free refills, refills all weekend for five bucks. And you uh, can bet he took well advantage and, and, and of that. And Steve too. basically destroyed their business, <laughs> business model, business model for the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I heartily recommend Wild Bill's old fashioned soda. And because so, so, tap. So I'm time. hearing is Steve's highlight is root beer. Yeah. Root well, beer and eight ounce blocks beer. of fucking cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, they go, what, they go great together. And one of the things that uh, Steve learned about Wild Bill's, you know, it's good soda. Because when you've spent all weekend drinking the root beer, your teeth turn brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my teeth are never all that white anyway, but we got the picture with um, Grant Gustin, and I was like, oh, God, my teeth are brown. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, send me the digital thing so I can clean that up. So when, when the soda actually like leaves that kind of effect on your teeth, that's good stuff. It's I'm not more like that. Concerned what what effect is leaving inside of him, right? Yes. <laughs> well, the kind of like thing, Romulan ale. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing is um, at Comic Con, I, I ran out of time. There was there was somebody selling really nice handmade leather gaming bags and oh. that type of thing, and I, I ran out of time. I wasn't able to go back and and check them out. We on the first day when we were going to lunch walk past this booth it's flying marlena's leather goods um and you know we just kind of breeze past and i was like oh i definitely need to come back come back to that booth because i really do want to pick up a good you know gamer bag and uh so so again trying to find time to get away uh i finally did and got this really nice what she called the mini indie uh, handmade leather bag that her mother makes. Um, her mother's Marlene or Marley. Marley. Marley Curie out of Flagstaff, Arizona. They don't have a website. They only do the shows. And oh. because they don't have a website and they have no social media presence, I guess you just show up and hope that they're there because <laughs> they have... She makes really, really great stuff. And not just the bags, but also handbound leather books, you know, notebooks, um, uh, leather dot bags that that her when she threw them in the in the truck, her mother goes, "Well, why? That's like a that's like for shaving cream and all." And she goes, "No, no, I've had uh, Magic the Gathering people say it holds. It held their entire you know Magic the Gathering thing. Okay, we'll throw them on the." <laughs> <laughs> So, so that's a great company. If you ever come across Flying Marlena's Leather Goods, they have 20, 25, 20% off sales when they're at the conventions. And so basically that's whenever anything's for sale. 
Yeah, because where else are they, they going to sell website. it? I, yeah. So, I so the question know. I have to ask you is 20% off of what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my business. That and also just a quick uh, chime in. Once again, Star Trek The Experience reference. We ran into Hillywood. Yes. Hillywood is she's a young lady who does a whole bunch of YouTube vids, and she does all sorts of characters. She, long time ago- Is it the two sisters? Uh, yeah. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> Hilly and Hannah, Wood? I think. Uh, I th- anyway, yeah, I think you're right. I think it is Hilly and Hannah. And uh, mm. we, we see this beautiful Victorian kind of- uh, library setup display. And- yeah, roll top desk, uh, wood bookshelves, bookshelves and- loaded with uh, with uh, leather bound hardcover books and stuff. And and I'm looking there, and I see the Hillywood sign, and I ask the young lady there, "Are are are you Hilly?" And she's like, "Uh, yeah," because they, they were in preparation; they weren't doing anything yet. And I was like, "I was at Star Trek: The Experience when you came by <clears> and filmed a whole bunch of scenes as Captain Jack Sparrow being chased by stormtroopers because <laughs> they used they used the experience uh, uh, layout to to do all this filming <clears throat> in like the the uh, VIP room, the exit hallways, and stuff like that. And it was really a funny story because Chad Randall had set them up." He was now, like, who's Chad oh, Randall? Chad Randall used to work at Star Trek The Experience. Uh, he became a lead very early on and was like lead one for the duration of the life of The Experience. And he actually impetuously told Hilly she could come by and film there. Uh, they were based in Vegas. I don't know if they still are. Her dad was like an ex-Vegas cop. And uh, they came in one day at about 10 o'clock, 9.30 to base, and they're like, we're here to do some filming. And Chad had actually called out that day. Oh, And uh, (laughs) so there was confusion aplenty. But base, uh, because of the highly organized and extremely structured way Star Trek The Experience was run, base was like, go ahead. And so (laughs) they spent spent the the morning... uh, recording and stuff like that eventually the supervisor came in and was like well this is weird and chad actually got called and came in (laughs) to account for it but she filmed a whole bunch of stuff there and i freaked her out when i told her oh yeah and he was like oh my god back when we were filming with crappy cameras and them and all that stuff because apparently she's really got the quite the youtube channel going but that was actually funny too just to see that she's still doing her thing and she's actually like got booths at cons and stuff like that so all right real quick worst part of con oh go jeff uh just the long days all right barry (laughs) disinterested peyton list (laughs) (laughs) okay that that needs an explanation. Oh, God. So Jeff was very kind to all of us and got us some yes. pictures with some celebrities. And so it was Jeff and, and I, and we went to uh, the Cobra Kai. Uh, Cobra Kai group shot with uh, William Zabka and Ralph Macchio. Uh, dude, it doesn't age a day. It's crazy. It is crazy. Both of those guys look fantastic. Yeah. And then Peyton List, who's, you know, standard Hollywood gorgeous Peyton List. And then and she's the Cobra Kai, the, yeah. like the bad, bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But she's, she's, she's nice. And then we take the picture and we get it later. We look and, and, and all the rest of us, you know, they, they do do the little fight pose and stuff. And then Peyton List has this, I'm leaning down, scrunched. I'm kind of having a stroke. She sucked her head into her neck. 
Yeah. And tilted a little. Her, her spine ultra curved and her her shoulders way low with her head super tilted. Like she's got like palsy. Yeah, it's funny too cuz like she was really nice when we were walking in and Barry and I had talked about it ahead of time. We're like, "You know what? Everybody does the stupid fist pose, so let's just do a normal pose and and you know, make it a nice picture. Yeah. And as soon as we get in there, William Zabka does the fist pose, and Barry and I are like, "Okay, I guess I, we're doing I, this." We're doing this. All right, so yeah. we do that, and then they all switch up, except for Macho is still in the fist pose. So anyway, but, and then but Peyton had a fist, sort of, but, so but doing a great Hunchback of Notre Dame impression. Very much. Or, yeah. Very or much. Or here's what I'm thinking. What's that? Did she ever at any point say? Now is the winter of our discontent made glorious summer by the sun of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, No, she didn't get a chance to say too much, but that was my thing. Uh, Steve, worst thing? My fucking feet. Well, we say that anyway. Yeah, yeah. Deb, what's your worst thing? Lines in the women's bathroom, which <laughs> all women would know is a huge problem at events like this, but... Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. There's a couple that times one in the back corner that. Was, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Every, women's restrooms. Jeff, at any point you have more than a hundred people, sure. it's you've busy. got the whisper network. You know, it's going to be the secluded, unknown well, spot for about an hour, and then all saying, women are going to know about it. What I was referencing is that the court that there was these bathrooms in this corner where we were at that were. At least the men's room was very underutilized. Mm-hmm. Like there was never a line. Every other one was trashed and <laughs> fucking long ass lines. This one, there was never a line and it was always clean. Yeah. And I figured out by Saturday the shortcut from our booth to that yeah. to that bathroom where you didn't have to kind of cut through all the people. Yep. Glorious. Yeah. So the women's restroom in the same location, Saturday, I think one of the times I waited half an hour to use the restroom. Yeesh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was bad. Okay, what's your worst part? Uh, well, as Steve said, the physical pain. That mm-hmm. that really, eventually that'll start to just consume you. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I don't want to sound too pathetic, but not having a lot of money. Because those cons are fun. Uh, they have but they're s- expensive. Yeah, yeah, they have a ton of fun stuff. But, you know, it'll all add up. And there's, if you take the time to walk around... Uh, you'll end up finding all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. that you, that you wish, wish you could buy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's that's the sort of thing that sometimes gets me down. Is like I, I mean, we were right next to a Funko booth, one of a thousand billion Funko booths, <laughs> right? You know, and I just I didn't have a dime that I could spend on something like that. So that was just sort of eh. But I I enjoy cons overall. Um, in terms of just walking around, they'll get tiring. There's lots of people, but there's so much to see. I like seeing costumes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. tons of costumes, tons of people committed to their nerdery, uh, and this thing is so fucking huge. I've never been to San Diego, so I don't know about the size of you know big giant cons like San Diego, but this thing, I there was this one fun attraction. This person who actually has. At least trailer-sized pirate ships that, <laughs> yeah. that oh, they yeah, that take really around cool. that kids can play on, but oh, also yeah. they'll cater to weddings and stuff like that. These are these are big enough that adults can actually be on them too. And I got up way up on the poop deck, uh, uh, and uh, 
I actually took a picture. <laughs> we lost time. <laughs> you started speaking in this horrible Neanderthal language. Out of <laughs> Let's try that again. Where'd you go? I went up on the poop deck. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know what they said there. They said something important. <laughs> and um, I, I just I took a picture of this hall. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Where were you? <laughs> On the poop deck. <laughs> Quit indulging him. <laughs> Power through, Kristen. Because you've lost it. You've officially lost because it. Because it's zany. Oh, you lost it. Oh, now. there we go. It's zany and fun filled. <laughs> yeah. Flark yeah. does not do zany or fun filled. Zany's no. too. He thinks Disney. he doesn't. It's too Disney. <laughs> Uh, but that hall, I mean, dude, I took the picture and that hall just the the perspective, you know, perspective, how everything is supposed to converge in a distance. This hall is so fucking huge. It actually does that. It just has a vanishing point way far away. You don't see the other end of it. Now, that's what I thought about the uh, San Diego Comic-Con hall. But yeah. Steve says it's bigger. It, Comic-Con is bigger. It's, it's at least two to three times as big. Really? Yeah. Yeah, what we were in was Comic Con circa 1990, 1992. Really? I mean, that's yeah. it seemed huge. It was well, what it was, we were in was Comic Con before they built the extension. It was still big. Yeah, I mean, it was still packed. It yeah. is ridiculously huge. Yeah, there was there was times mention, yeah. walking through crowds where I it felt just like San Diego Comic Con. I'm yeah. like, oh you know, yeah, I was doing the Comic Con shuffle, yeah. uh, which again added to the pain. Yeah, but it I just you know. That was just monstrous, and seeing all the people there that want, and especially in Salt Lake City, where you're going to make stereotypes, you know, you're going to make stereotypical judgments, and it just wasn't like, you know, you would assume. Satanic Panic, I Cause a Satanic Panic. The sticker. was Our sticker was our most popular sticker. <laughs> to the point where we ran out. We, yeah, ran, we out. ran out. They cleaned us out, and it's just like, holy shit. Of all the places in the continental United States, including the Deep South, I would not have made that stereotypical assumption. Hey, kids, it's the and, I Caused the Satanic Panic sticker is available the, <laughs> on our merch store where you can buy it as a t-shirt. And the, Just saying. The, probably the second most popular one, third maybe after E Pluribus Pizza, Moist is a Choice. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. They would read that, laugh, and grab it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we even had a few godless communists. Once again, not the location I would have assumed. So you know, it was just people the, just let the flag fly, yeah, man. Yeah, do it. And it was, it was, it's really it, that's really amazing. That's really something to see all those people gathered doing all of that. So, and I think, of course, with so much commercialism, that's one of the other things that makes us popular because we're not asking for a dime. The most suspicious thing is we're asking for an email. And if you look at us cross-eyed long enough, we assure you we're not going to spam because Barry's lazy and we're probably not going to send you an email in the first place. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's... We will. So, 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 if, it, so if you're listening from Fenex, yeah, we weren't kidding. <laughs> I'm really lazy. I make an art form out of it. I'll drive a mile so as not to walk a foot. Kofi so members, relax. we promise stickers are coming. Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, that was, the uh, the pain, it, it hurt, but uh, the people just enjoying themselves, you know, 
makes up for it. So, and it's 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 fun to do that. Although I don't know, we got to get more people and do shifts because I don't yeah. know. How, I don't know if I can do those fucking those fucking get eight hours. For this shit. Yep. <laughs> Just spo- eight spongy hours. Carpet. Yeah. Spongy carpet. So, so yeah. Well, while you all were out promoting the show, doing the good work of God. <laughs> <laughs> In Salt Lake City. I stayed here in Las Vegas, played board game with the Kofi members. Great time, guys. Really enjoyed that. Next day, went to the War Room Games board board game auction. Loved that every single time. This time, they did a little charity thing. Uh, they adopted a family in Hawaii. And uh, ah. and then they did... Uh, From Maui? Pa- yeah. And we did pa- paddle donations, and the store matched them. So that was fantastic to see. Cool. Not as many board games this time around, but mm. got enough stuff to make it worthwhile. So, but that was a fantastic time. The only other thing I want to bring, bring up real quickly is uh, for my birthday, my wife got me a PlayStation 5. Oh, wow. And super, super excited with that. And that friggin' controller is a game changer. Really? Oh my word! Unless you have experienced a PlayStation Five controller, you would you would just never know. It's the, pretty nice. The I mean, it has all the classic things, the the rumble in there, and so on, and and it does some of the things that the P- PlayStation Four did. Like it has the built-in microphone, so if you blow on it, it or whatever, it makes sound into it. Uh, for example, if you play Dying Light Two, you can turn on a feature that if you physically make too much noise in front of your controller, you can attract a zombie. Why would you do that? Right, it's uh, for that extra, extra thing, and it has the wow. built-in speaker, and the speaker is better than the last one, so much more thing. But what really, really sells it is the haptic feedback in the triggers. That is so impressive. I never thought that that would be the thing that was like, yes, this is the feature that makes PlayStation Five controller the best controller that's ever been. That when you pull back the trigger, you get programmed resistance. Oh on- yeah, it's fantastic when you're playing. Um- uh, shoot! Uh, the thing with the future. God damn it! My blank out. Narrowing with the future <laughs> down a little bit. Horizon. Thank you. Horizon. Uh, Forbidden West. When you're uh like sticking your spear into like these locks that you have to open. When you pull that, when you go to pull that trigger, you're suddenly like, oh my god, this is actually hard to pull. Yeah. As opposed to just like when you're shooting something, it pulls very easily. When you have a gun, when you pull that trigger, you feel it click into place. And you have resistance like you would have an actual trigger. If you're pulling a bow back, you you are feeling the resistance of the string. It's impressive. So in certain times, it's just a regular trigger. But at certain times when you're doing specific things, it has resistance. And it does wonders for immersion. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I I still have only, I've been playing a Forspoken, not the best reviewed game out there, uh, but I'm still pretty early on it, so I haven't uh, put all my thoughts together on that, so stay tuned for that. You haven't given up on Starfield, right? No. In fact, it's been very hard balancing the two. So that's that's been rough, too. But, oh, yo, the the problems of my life. Oh, but uh, you know what? We still have a show to get to. So, hey, Deb, what time is it? News you don't give a shit about. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> In a move that will affect millions of subscribers, Amazon Prime has become the latest streamer to feature ads during movies and shows. Amazon no. Amazon announced the move will feature limited ads for those on the usual Amazon Amazon Prime subscription plan. Um, if you want to watch without ads, it's going to cost you an additional two ninety nine a month, 
with the rollout expected to arrive early in 2024. Amazon's decision follows the recent trend of big name streamers introducing ads to some membership plans. Netflix, their ad plan costs $6.99 a month. Disney's is $8 a month, and that'll be starting around October 12th. And then at Max, which is formerly HBO, their package with ads is $9.99 a month. So essentially all of the platforms now have added, you can, you know, you can pay this little to have our platform and access it, but we're going to give you a bunch of ads. So if you want to, you know, continue watching Amazon the way you've been watching Amazon, except for Paramount Plus, because, you know, we, oh, that's annoying. We have the ad version of Paramount Plus, And can I just tell you, because we watch it through Amazon, it is probably the worst because the ad times take forever Uh, one of the breaks during the show any star trek show it's like a minute and 30 seconds it's like a normal commercial break on on old television the old ones used to be two minutes two seconds that's two and two back at you that's exactly where that came from yeah but still that's what it feels like it's it's anyway so the worst is the one the ad that they put just before the credits it's like you're 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 watching this whole thing it's like is there more is there more oh no it's credits it's crap so yeah so amazon is now its cheapest plan is going to have commercials. Now, here's the, the thing that annoys me about this in particular, which I think is more egregious than the other ones. Uh, the other ones are doing, you know what? Here's the tier you've been on. But if you want to pay less, here's an ad-supported one. We want you to have that one because we make the most money with that. So it'll cost you a little bit less, but ads to you know make up for it. Uh, or you can play our regular tier, and eventually that will go up or whatever. Amazon... Is like, fuck you. Our top tier is ads now. The thing you were paying not to have, you now have them. Oh, and if you want to not have it, okay, three dollars more a month. Yeah, I, I noticed that as she was reading that because it was like most places they, even Netflix actually, like w- when mine changed, it, it 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 didn't change for that reason. It was just because they were raising it. Yeah. But, this story brought to you by Colby Block Cheese on a Stick. Colby Block. Colby Block. Colby Jack Cheese. Get it right. Whatever fuck. Colby <laughs> Block. The block will be in more places than just your mouth. <laughs> I fucked up. I'm, I'm sure I'll poop again someday. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, now all you had to do was give us three ninety nine a month, and I wouldn't have to talk about uh, Steve's eating habits. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. (laughs) Speaking of. Earlier this year, one real-life trucking company started buying billboards in American Truck Simulator in an effort to hire the game's players as actual drivers. (laughs) Now it seems... It seems... (laughs) Well, apparently the effort was actually successful. Oh, my God. And more trucking companies are going to start doing the same thing. So back in June... Um, they are really hard up. <laughs> SCS Software detailed a new set of in-game billboards pointing to the recruitment website for Schneider National, a massive logistics company looking for new drivers. Shortly after, Schneider reps noted that newly hired ATS players um, showed skills above their experience level and credited it to actually playing truck driver simulator. <laughs> At a minimum... The campaign was apparently been successful enough to convince another trucking company to try the same tactics. Swift Transportation now has its own recruitment ads in, in ATS, and these point to a unique website welcoming potential gamers turned drivers. And their ad is, if you enjoy, sorry, if you enjoy role playing as a truck driver in American Truck Simulator, you must love the truck driver life. 
Want to make your gaming experience a reality? No. We welcome you to get behind the wheel of a real Swift truck. It, people, don't fall into this. This is not the same thing. Truck driver simulator is truck driving without the stress. And without the brakes and the mandatory, you can only drive so many hours and you have to stop in the middle of nowhere and park your truck on the side of the highway and sleep for so many hours. Yeah. Never be home. All, the, all of the wonderful things. <laughs> this just in giant mining corporations advertising on Minecraft for actual miners. <laughs> well, you, you know what? You know what? Barry, get on the stick. You've got to find the video game that Geek Shot can advertise on because apparently this works. Now we're all no. thinking of what the game is. What is Barry that? just 404 thinking about it. <laughs> I got nothing. Power wash simulator. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like cooking food and cooking mama? You could work at McDonald's. Ter terraforming Mars? <laughs> so apparently the company SCS is very optimistic about doing these ads and okay. they state we believe that even the smallest gestures can have a profound impact by showcasing industry related content within the game we aim to create meaningful connections between virtual worlds and real world opportunities as countless players pass by our in-game billboards who knows someone might see a recruitment billboard from Swift trans Transportation and take that as a sign to explore a career in trucking good luck good luck <laughs> Hey, hey, folks, Barry can vouch for it. He's got a very small gesture that has a big impact. So he's thinking about making that gesture right now. Yes. To me. Yes, uh -huh. he is. Oh, oh, I'm making it. There it is. But you know what? If it's getting them recruits, that's some thinking outside the box. I got to yeah. at least hand that much to them. Didn't, didn't they try that with America's Army, if you remember that? Yes, they did. That game was free to play for a reason. Did it work? Probably not. Don't know. It probably worked, but not as well as they were hoping. Mm. That would be my guess. And probably more with people who were already thinking about it anyway. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Just push it, push it that closer to the edge. <laughs> Do you like Roller Coaster Tycoon? Do you like the part where you rem pause the game, remove a section of track, and let people die? You could have a career in mass murder. <laughs> Does that pay well? <laughs> <laughs> who cares? I would let lions loose and zook tycoon let them eat people. That course, was the best part of that game. Of course you would. Just like that guy from Let's Game It Out. Oh, God, Josh from Let's Game It Out is hilarious. He's my favorite. He's great. Oh, he's great. If you've never seen his YouTube, it is pretty funny. Wholehearted endorsement from Vlarg. Wow. He takes that kind of stuff to the extreme. Yes, he does. <laughs> so to the point sorry. where he like really tries to break the game. What can I do? What can I do? It's crazy. <laughs> Anything else? That's it. Oh, then let's do some Wicked Geek! Yay! Yay! Yeah. Finally! Mm -hmm. uh, this first was not necessarily good news, but it is big news. 20 months after it was first announced, Microsoft's deal to buy Call of Duty and Candy Cush... Cush, pretty much. Candy Crush publisher Amazon Blizzard for $69 billion appears to be cleared to happen. Uh, the UK's Competition and Markets Authority revealed that it has provisionally approved the tech giant's latest version of the acquisition, which includes convoluted carve-outs for cloud gaming rights. The CMA had previously rejected the deal over concerns that acquiring popular gaming franchises like Call of Duty, Overwatch, Diablo, and more would give Microsoft a monopoly in the cloud gaming space. Uh, 
Uh, the FTC then sued for an injunction to block the deal, leading to an extraordinarily multi-day trial in federal court. Uh, the judge in the case ended up siding with Microsoft. However, paving the way f- for it to close the deal in the U.S. and eventually forcing the CMA back into negotiations on reversal of its previous rejection. So to placate UK regulators, Microsoft has now agreed to sell cloud gaming rights for Activision Blizzard's games to Ubisoft. So while you can still pay to stream hits like Modern Warfare 2 and Diablo 4 on services like Game Pass, Ubisoft will have final say for the next 15 years, keeping Microsoft from having exclusive control. Uh, That complicated carve-out only applies to the UK, however, and regulators say that their last demand is for Microsoft to offer some sort of enforcement mechanism so that the CMA can check to make sure it's adhering to the terms of the agreement. That was a lot. What does that mean for us? Uh, for, and, and in, in, in the United States, nothing. This mm-hmm. affects only people playing games in the UK, and that means that the streaming won't be owned uh, f- by Microsoft. It'll be owned by Ubisoft for 15 years. Mm. That's Ooh. it. So, Ubisoft. So nothing. I just... I mean, the Justice Department opposed this merger and lost in the end. I still couldn't believe that one. And now the UK is approving it, and UK is a lot stricter about such things. And that amazes me. I literally believed that the UK would put a quash uh, would quash this thing 100% and the fact that they've now caved to Microsoft uh, it's say goodbye to you know competition in it truly feels like uh, that scene from Dem- was a demolition man where they go to Taco Bell yeah because every restaurant is called Taco Bell yep or you know in our favorite movie where everything's Costco even college university is Costco Costco's everywhere Costco. I love you hey hey kids do you like candy crush do you like organizing thousands of rows of candy then you could get a career as a fat piece of shit do you really well, just yourself like what? <laughs> you, you, what is, you really we broke him broken we broke wow. him yeah. he, his face went to the table yeah yeah <laughs> on a side note i made myself laugh <laughs> on a side note ubisoft their song, The Reason, was pretty good. What? Crickets. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, what I was waiting for, crickets. Hey, audience, they can't all be winners. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> You're in uh, shame. Activision Blizzard was bad enough. Now Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard. I just, I can't oh, wrap yeah. my brain around this. Yeah, I mean. It's, it's rid- goddamn ridiculous. Yeah. And yeah, what does it mean for the gamers? Nothing good. That's the answer to your question, Barry. Crap. It means more, fuck you, the game's broken, what are you going to do about it? Because that's the attitude they have now anyway. It's just going to be more intense. Uh, Well, if you're into the whole Xbox thing, thanks to leaked FTC court documents, it's been revealed that Xbox is working on a Series X mid-console revision that is entirely digital with a two terabyte storage aiming to launch in October of next year. It will be the same price as the current base Series X at $499 and will feature much of the same hardware, the main difference being storage size, lack of a disk drive, 
and a redesign. Uh, this new Series X is codenamed Brooklyn, described as, quote, the most powerful Xbox ever, now adorably all digital, unquote. Uh, the design is more cylindrical than the more cuboid-based console, uh, but features similar front with the singular USB-C port and a logo power button. Brooklyn will deliver 4K Gen 9 console gaming with more internal storage, faster Wi-Fi, reduced power, a more immersive controller, and a beautiful redesign that elevates the all-digital experience experience of the Xbox ecosystem, Microsoft writes. It lists that the console comes with a, quote, all-new Southbridge to modernize I.O. and sustainability efforts and a new Wi-Fi 6E radio for better throughput latency and a new low-power standby mode that is 20% of the current Xbox Series S standby mode, unquote. I don't think anyone who's spending upwards of five, six hundred bucks on an Xbox gives a shit about how much power it's using. And honestly, the thing sits in your in your uh, what is that called? The thing on the Entertainment TV. Center. Entertainment Center. I don't care if it's looks and shaped like a paper bag, as long as it plays games. Well, apparently Microsoft just heard my review of the PlayStation Five controller. Because it also leaked that the new Xbox controller with gyro and haptic feedback called Sabeel. Uh, Microsoft touts that will work with Bluetooth and direct to cloud, meaning you can pair it with your mobile device. Also features VCA haptics that doubles as speakers and quieter buttons on the thumbstick. However, one of the most noteworthy, noteworthy improvements that it will come with a rechargeable and swappable battery. Uh, this controller will support, because you didn't before, uh, this controller will reportedly be announced later this year uh, while the Xbox launched Series X along with the lower power Series S variant. It was intended to be a cheaper, more affordable option. Uh, Sony launched the PS5 alongside a digital variant that was $100 less. Uh, the new Series X, however, if you is the same price as the base model despite being digital only. You will get better Wi-Fi, higher internal storage, but you won't be able to play secondhand games or buy cheaper physical copies. And it's also worth noting that not all backwards compatible games are playable digitally, such as Orange Box and Fear. As such, a digital-only console will cut back on what 360 games you can play as well. Mm. So I've, uh, as a Gamefly uh, subscriber, been there for ages. The, they, they, they send you the games in the mail, you play them till they suck, and then you send back for the next one. And that, for me, has been the best model of gaming for over a decade oh, at yeah. this point. And so I can't, still can't imagine getting a Xbox, any console that is all digital. So yeah. we haven't actually, I was thinking about this, we have only used our Xbox in the last maybe at least year, the disk drive to watch movies. So all of the games we have played have been digital. Every single one of them. And part of that is Barry has Game Pass, right? Which allows you to download different games monthly for free and da-da-da-da. Um, and so the most annoying thing we have to deal with is disk space, right? Um, and then when we were having so many problems with Tiny Tina's Wonderland, we like deleted a bunch of games we haven't played in a long time and to see if that would help speed up the disk drive. Um, so at least I, I would think that with this new version, it would cut down on some of the the dropping and disconnecting that we've been having the crashing essentially of the game to be fair we have an to older be fair. we have an older xbox we do um and eighth generation i believe right yeah 
So side note, which is fun, uh, we found this out. So when my nephews came to visit a few weeks ago, um, I have an old version of Disney Seen It. I have a couple of Disney Seen It games, right? So the versions, though, where you have DVDs that you play with the game. And Kids, there used to be this thing called DVD games. <laughs> um, I even grew up with VHS games. I anyway, too, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we tried playing on the Xbox, on our current Xbox, and it didn't even recognize the disc. Really? Yeah, we had to play it, and thank you, Leanne Mitt, uh, on the PlayStation. So we have a PlayStation 4 because it was gifted to us, um, and it played the disc. But Xbox wouldn't play the disc. I used my PlayStation 4 for a disc, a Blu-ray player player as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will say the one nice thing about the current gen PS5 and Xbox Series X is they're wonderful about expandable storage. Um, I added a two terabyte hard drive, uh, solid state drive to my PS5, and it was ridiculously simple to do. Now, granted, I've built computer systems before, so it might be a little bit more difficult for the average user, but the instructions are on YouTube and they walk you through it, so it's very easy to do. Uh, The Xbox Series X is even easier. Uh, You can buy your expandable drive and you literally just plug it in the back there's a slot you plug it in it's immediately ready to go so uh having uh i have playstation plus on the the ps5 and there's a ridiculous number of games you can just download and just i've i i've downloaded games i've never played just because they were available that month for free and once you've got them downloaded they're there period you don't have to worry about oh well it it's no longer available this month they take it away no it's just there you can still play it so it's always nice to check to see what new game they have available and i'm i'm sure it's very much like that on the xbox game it is. pass it is. i just i keep forgetting and i'm gonna have to do it this year uh they have offered me in the past because i still have the um auto renew on xbox live the last couple of times they've offered me to upgrade to game pass for no extra charge and i just keep forgetting to do it and then it auto renews and the <laughs> no. offer is no longer available once yeah. it auto renews so uh, i i will say that game pass is a good value for money I've, yeah so I, is I, so great is the, value for can't argue money. it so is the playstation plus because i always buy it uh on the black friday deals for the amount of money i've spent i have never spent more than i think 70 dollars on that stupid game pass and the amount of games that i have downloaded more than triple what that thing cost me on the Black Friday. So if you are interested in PlayStation Plus, watch for the Black Friday deal. They usually do it on their own website. So you can sign in with your PlayStation 5 credentials and just buy it. Especially now that easy. they've raised the price by 20 bucks for yeah, each one. Exactly. Uh, I wish Microsoft would do the same thing. Do a, a Black Friday deal where they offer Game Pass for I don't think they even offer uh, Game Pass uh, yearly. I think you have to buy it's it monthly. monthly. Yeah. And they do have an offer sometimes. It's like $1 for the first three months or whatever. Um, but then after that, it's the normal price. Yeah. yeah. They they don't have to make sales. No, Not don't. when they're releasing Starfield on it. I yeah. mean, come on. Donald Glover and Lucasfilm have been working on developing a Star Wars series spinoff project for Lando Calrissian for a few years. Well, it's now been revealed that the project is now being developed as a feature film. Uh, 
The news comes from Donald Glover's brother and co-writer on the project, Stephen Glover. Donald Glover is set to reprise his role as Lando Calrissian, and the story will follow one of his many adventures after the events of Solo, a Star Wars story. Glover previously shared his vision for a Lando project, describing it as Frasier in space, uh, which we discussed (laughs) in the past. Uh, But does that work, Frasier in space, as a film like that could describe a TV series, yeah. Frasier in Space. Does Frasier work as a film? That's what I'm saying. Is like, it can that really work as a one-off? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. The format sounds like it would be better as a episode, episodic. I have this terrible vision of a sitcom in space. No, I I think what's happening is all of the uh, streaming services are re re-examining their model and. All the studios are going, yeah, maybe streaming isn't where it's at. And so... There is a lot of that. Yeah. So they're going with the feature. I mean, that's what's happening with the uh, Section 31 former TV series, now movie, with Michelle Yeoh. So... Really? I didn't know that. It's it's a cost-cutting move because they can do one two-hour movie versus 10... 40-minute episodes, and Lando. it saves them a lot more money. Marvel Comics and its 20th Century Studios imprint have announced that they are developing a Planet of the Apes prequel series titled Beware the Planet of the Apes. This is going to be a four-issue limited series set before the events of the original Planet of the Apes movie. The comic will be also styled after the 1968 film, and the story will explore the origins of the primitive human woman named Nova, played by Linda Harrison in the films. The synopsis reads, Into the Forbidden Zone, in a hostile world run by aggressive gorillas, Scientists Cornelius and Zira are the only apes alive who see value in the mute, dumb human race. But even they know human capabilities have severe limits. So when their nephew Lucius goes missing, it is with great trepidation that they turn to a human ally, a young woman who will someday earn the moniker Nova. Uh, The comic is coming from writer Mark Guggenheim, who uh, did X-Men Days of Future Past, Doomsday, Star Wars, Han Solo and Chewbacca, and artist Alfredo Lopez, who did Captain Marvel, Kazar, Lord of Savage Land, and uh, Beware the Planet of the Apes number one is on sale January 3rd, 2024. How do you feel about a, a prequel comic series to the original Planet of the Apes? My question, because I never have seen, I've never seen the original and I've never read the comic. Um, <sighs> yeah, I know. You can borrow them. I have them all on Blu-ray. Just don't look at the cover. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So the newer movie that they did in what was that? The early two thousands, late nineties ish. The one with James Franco. Uh, you're not talking about no, the Mark Wahlberg one. one, right? Yes, I am talking about the Mark uh, Wahlberg one. We can just pretend that one doesn't exist. So that one is nothing like and any. It's garbage. Sto- okay. Because that one, the planet gets created because he has a ship that crashes and then he gets transported in the future. Yeah, they go back in time. Blah blah blah. You know, future. Modify everything. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's been so long. I can't remember what the differences are anymore. I remember not caring for it, uh, but frankly, I don't remember Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes enough. Todd and I saw that in the theater. I remember Todd yep, coming out of it too. just going, it was not good. I didn't understand. So, so they were in the future, and then he crashed, but he time traveled. What? Help me out here. No. He, <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> no. You're, you're not making... You're not any more Ignore confused that that than the average exists, audience is what I, my best recommendation is yeah it's 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 garbage so just highlander to it it never happened great yeah okay, okay so the james franco 
setting is that how it happened in the original or is it also different in the original no. how that, the planet that came is to be explanation for how it could have possibly happened I mean, it's 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 tentatively. a, it's a what it? of the apes uh, with Charlton Heston way back in '68. The apes have been in control forever, to the point that uh, the whole the whole the the origins of the society are shrouded in mystery. So there is no origin story for the apes being, you know, evolved and... Oh, and, so they never and, told that story. Then. Yeah, they, they well, hint at they, it at the end of the first Well, they did eventually in the succeeding yeah. movies. Right. So Planet of the Apes was Charlton Heston appearing on this planet full of apes. Beneath the Planet of the Apes expanded on that world on a little bit, then destroyed it. It's a little trippy. Beneath the Planet yes. of the Apes is a little trippy. I've come to love it, but it's, it's, actually, it's actually very pulpy, very different. So this prequel, is it supposed to be the prequel to that series? That, that original 1960s. Then Escape becomes a prequel. Right. Conquest and Battle then become subsequent prequels, sort of. Yeah. They're kind of sequels more to Escape from Planet of the Apes yes. than they are the original Planet of the Apes. Right. You're not selling it. No. Nah, I don't care. No. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just trying to give you an explanation the, of what's The thing going on. about the original series is that the 1968 Planet of the Apes was revolutionary and is actually a tremendous science fiction movie that should be seen. Right. Yeah. Beneath is regarded by some to be one of the worst. Well, it was kind um, of a cash grab at the time. Yes. And then Escape, because Beneath ended with everything being destroyed. Charlton Heston said, I'm really not interested in doing this unless I have about one week of shooting and uh, we destroy the planet at the end. And they were like, okay. Because they, they were, we'll just do it and figure just, it out later. Just to get Charleston on. And then Escape, Escape became two ape characters, Cornelius and Zira, going back in time to modern day Earth. Modern day being about 1970, yeah. 71. And then, and that was a completely different movie mm -hmm. because it was just Cornelius and Zero were the only two talking apes in the movie. And that led into Conquest, which was their son, Caesar, who actually From the leads, James Franco, because like, right. he's a big player in There's that movie. There's no James Franco type character in there. The closest is Ricardo Montalban, who plays a circus... Uh, owner who owns a circus of some of the uh, some of the animals that have survived the great plague because the explanation in conquest is that a plague was brought back from astronauts who went to Mars killed all the dogs and cats and humans wanting pets turned to apes and then when they discovered that they were trainable they actually if you want to say took the step up or step down, they made them slaves and workers. And so Conquest is all about how the apes are, are slaves and workers, and Caesar just actually revolts against the system, and that's what leads to the big revolution. So it's sort of like what you get in the James Franco, but the personal relationship is different between uh, Caesar and his human caretaker. And then, uh, and then battle. It, it's that battle is just a kiddie film, 
is totally kitty. It's like they live in tree houses, which is fun, and they battle mutants from they, the radioactive. That they made city. the Bego toys from. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that so. just went off the rails. Okay. Oh, it did go off the rails, but. It it's very interesting study too because the sequels actually I mean the whole thing just sort of there is a progression and things get different the movies are different it's really kind of interesting but if you don't watch the whole series you definitely need to watch the 1968 Planet of the Apes yeah yep. what what did you think of the new ones starting with the Franco I like, ones I liked them yeah. I liked them I think they were I think they were pretty good um, I like the references. The, the 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 sadistic butthead in um, uh, the first one, the one who finally gets Caesar to go no, and that's a beautiful fucking moment. That's mm-hmm. actually a great moment when Caesar's just like no, and you know you you sort of stop, and it echoes a certain type of moment from the original Planet of the Apes movies. Just like when that guy is screaming, it's a madhouse, it's a madhouse. <laughs> so there, there are num- numerous things. In fact, when you watch Planet of the Apes, which you should, Clockwork, Deb and Barry, um, <laughs> you're going to you're gonna go, oh, that's where that scene, oh, that's where that moment came, oh, you know, you're gonna get that a lot. And I like the explanations behind it. There were, there were so many cool things behind it. But at the same time, uh, the the '68 movie. If make sure you look at it through the lens of 1968, it uh, it is a mind blowing. It is one of the greatest science fiction films of all time, hands down. Agreed. It's it's amazingly philosophical. Mm-hmm. Yes, that that that's one of the things is that and 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 it does it it does it it isn't ham fisted. No. Right. So whatever philosophy you got out of the the Franco movies, this is, you know, because Rod Serling had a hand in the script Mm -hmm. and it's a it's very it's very thoughtful and. I yeah. Frankly, that movie is the best episode of the Twilight Zone ever made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the other writer is uh, Paul Dane, who uh, Bridge Over the River Kwai, right? I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so. you know, great pedigree all around, and just so you guys have got to see that. If if only that movie of the series, then that's the one. One hundred percent. Hey, instead of us doing some movies, let's make some TV shows. Let's do some red light, green light. Red light, green light. Such a fun game to play. Doesn't matter what you say. They're gonna make this shit anyway. Yay! Yay. Oh boy. We haven't played this in a while. I'm excited. <laughs> See, right there. Do you hear that Jeff thing right there? Yeah. Jeff was actually excited in yes. that moment. Yes. Like when the things are falling on uh, him. That's, uh, that's things are falling that's, on me. That's the energy. <laughs> oh, no. That's I'm not going to work. <laughs> All right. I bring this meeting of Dunright Productions to order. We have four more pitches, and we have to green light one of them. Each one of you gets one green light, and one or more of these may be fake. The pitches I have for you this week are Who Will Survive the Cabin in the Woods, House of Ninjas, St. Donatus, and Fear. So let's start with 
Who Will Survive the Cabin in the Woods? Coming to Netflix later this year, it's a reality show where two teams are sent to a cabin in the woods where they will encounter an unknown killer. During daylight, they will solve puzzles that might provide clues as to who the killer is and show them how to survive. Each week, the killer is randomly chosen and could be one of the silent slasher, the dream demon, the crazy clown, diabolical doll, the Martian marauder, and the rampaging robot and more. Who will survive the cabin in the woods? Will it be the final girls or the last men standing? How do you feel about reality game show? Who will survive the cabin in the woods? Do the do the reality contestants die? No. Do they get killed? I'm, I'm going to say they are eliminated. Red light. Actually, it would mm-hmm. depend on how the elimination occurs, because that could actually be kind of interesting. Because the elimination... Uh, being you, the killer found you. Of course, you're not going to find bodies, I assume, but you'll find evidence of their <laughs> of their getting killed. If this is a reality TV version of the Michael Myers game, that could be fun. It could. Be. It could. Be. <laughs> there is that. There is that. I mean, it, it, there's great potential for this to just be annoying. Yeah. But it, there, I think there's actual. This is a reality show. I might check out the first episode or so. Well, if they do it like some of the ridiculous haunted houses that just go all out on effects and, you know, make it feel very real, then I could see it being sure. enjoyable. But sure. you know it's not real, so you're well, not going to read you're, that. You're, but you're, the, tension, right. the tension of being eliminated, okay? It's the facade, sure, is, is, a, is a, a, a fake slasher murder. But you still got the tension of being eliminated and who will come next and stuff. Um, like but that. I'm also. Barry, do you think Halloween is a documentary? Because none of that's real either. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I really feel like I've heard this before. That's that's what's bugging me. But I'm sorry, Deb. What were you gonna say? Just that even though you know it's not real, I mean, obviously you're not a teenage girl, but. I used to go to Not Scary Farm all the time and growing up in Southern California and they had some pretty good like haunted house runs that you go through because mm-hmm. those who haven't been to Knott's Berry Farm when they convert it to Knott's Scary Farm, they have at least 10 if not 12 yeah. um, different themed like haunted house that you go through. And some of them, you're like, Please just go. Please just go. Please just go. Because it's like this dark corner and you know you know something's going to jump out at you. And it's just your nerves are just like this the whole time. Yeah, but when you put a reality show on it where there's prizes to win, then you just kind of you tend to suck it up and deal with it. It's because well, I want money. Well, it's, it's, but that's you, Barry. <laughs> well, there and there's I mean, I'm sure it's part of the contract that you play into it. But it's basically sounds like an escape room. Yeah, uh, with a yeah. Horror it, right. A lot of it depends uh, on okay. how you get eliminated. How do you get killed? Because if you, it's not just a matter of being scared, Barry. It might be you just took the wrong turn, and that's it. You're eliminated. And for everyone else, it's just sort of like, oh shit, Barry's gone. He's the one who sucked it up and was here for the money. They're gonna have to maim those people. <laughs> that's what we're. That's I'm, what I'm, I'm not at. saying that it's a surefire hit because the thing that annoys me the most about reality shows is how it actually pits these people against each other, yes. which I yeah. I just detest. Or the fake fake drama against yeah you. the I fake drama, and you know well this has the potential for real drama depending on how it's executed. I don't know. 
Yeah. Is there a betrayal mechanic? You, then I know, uh, then I know you're, you're all or, yeah, There we go. Or do these people not know that it's just a game show? <gasps> <gasps> what a twist. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, House of Ninjas. Netflix is teaming up with Japanese production company Toho to develop an action series called House of Ninjas. The show is set in modern day Japan, tells the story of the Tawara family, the last ninja clan. It had abandoned its roots after an incident in the past, but now the family must take on the greatest crisis in Japanese history, one that threatens to shake the nation to its core. House of Ninjas will be directed by Dave Boyle, will fuse spy elements of ninjas taking on top-secret missions with family drama about a group of colorful family members. The series stars <laughs> Kaku Kento as Disney Plus's The Family and Tokyo Mare, who also came up with the story, will serve as co-executive producer. Uh, Dave Boyle will direct from scripts that he wrote with Yama, uh, Yamura Yashiro, and House of Ninjas will be released sometime in 2024. What do you think? Of House of Ninjas. I feel like I lost Kirsten somewhere along the line. As soon as you said family drama. Yep, same. As soon as you said that, I was like, done. You had me with yes. the, the first part of the story. I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see this on Netflix. Family drama. Good night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now now it's just become, it's, it's, it's a live action anime. Because that sounds exactly like so many animes. Oh, interesting powers. They're doing crazy stuff. It's just amazing. And they're wacky family members and the antics. Very zany. So what you you're saying is... You forgot to pick up the soup after you decapitated that guy. So what you're saying is it's the Kardashians with ninjas. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> if they had the Kardashians fight ninjas, yeah, I'd watch that. I would watch the living shit out of it. I would watch it, it if they fought each other because then like they'd ninjas. all be fucking dead. If you had a Kardashians getting killed off one by one <laughs> by a, a mystery killer. Ooh. Now, Kim Ooh. Kardashian is starring in uh, American Horror Story. Yes, she is. I wonder if she gets killed in that. Um, can only hope. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I actually, you know what? everybody's needs to make a buck and frankly how they've gone about making a buck i'm like more power to them because it requires millions of people to 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 buy into it and they did it by god i yes. mean the sad thing is they already had a shit ton of money before well and they got people lured in that's how they got a tv show they they, they got yeah. and well they because have they a, are a wealthy family they, and yeah, getting a, the view of how life is within this wealthy like, family well it's that like in a sex tape. Life, yeah. Lifestyles of the rich and famous with a continu- with a continuing cast. Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah, what yeah. we're missing for our, for fortune? Is a sex tape? <laughs> what? Uh, you uh, uh, what, are you saying you're going to give away a sex tape? Whatever you and Kirsten want to do in your own time. That's, <laughs> I'm, that's between I'm you just two, like, Did I just get propositioned, or is he talking about the fortune slot on the wheel of fun? I I'm, don't know. I'm saying. You know, to, to truly increase listenership. Oh, you know, listenership. <laughs> we're going to need to put out a sex tape. Yes. But and you're going to do it. But fortunately, because we're a podcast, it's just going to be audio. So it'll be Steve doing his O face. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That, that sounds like that, you just dumped a load in the toilet. 
He wishes. He's got too much cheese in it. Well, well, damn. Yeah, that was having sex. sex. That was like the the opposite of sex. Yeah, we we didn't say what kind of sex it was going to be. That was ASMR for people who hate themselves. (laughs) Meanwhile, in Germany, Geek Shock has rocked it up the charts. Berlin, baby. (laughs) Yeah, the audio scheiße of it. Scheiße audio of Geek Shock. It is my thing. He should try the Yalsberg next. No, it's the blue cheese. The blue cheese. Blue uh, cheese. Now that would just make me vomit. Oh, uh, well, that's another. That's another whole thing. Yeah, that's a whole other kink. Oh, yeah, oh, God. we don't kink shame here. <laughs> yeah, Steve, it's time I'm, to expand our demographic. Here's I'm some blue cheese. Editing my, oh God, I'm editing myself so much right now. I we're glad. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're playing a oh, show, oh, a look, game show, aren't we? Oh, look, there's a pitch here. <laughs> Peacock has ended development on a supernatural mystery series called St. Donatus. Hailing from Ringer co-creators Eric Carmelo and Nicole Snyder, the title refers to a small Iowa town harboring a dangerous secret. Quote, an unwitting family relocating from Brooklyn moved into a newly renovated farmhouse on the outskirts of town. When the family starts experiencing unsettling occurrences, it brings them closer to the town's secret and the very thing trapped in their cellar. Reads the synopsis. Uh, Richard Shepard is on board to direct, having previously worked with the creators on Ringer and The Perfection. Uh, Carmelo and Snyder are no strangers to the world of genre television, given their writing-producing experience on the CW's Supernatural. So what do you think about St. Donatus? Family moves to town. Town's creepy. There's something in its cellar. That's the pitch. House is haunted or something. Something. It sounds like it's been done multiple times. Yeah. There was a sci-fi show for a long time about this, like something very similar. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it was. It also sounds very Stephen King-ish. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, What's the hook? Yeah, I. That's I, what I'm missing. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, uh, I mean, Barry kind of summed it up. It, it's sort of like it's been done before. So, what is making this different, and we're not hearing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me, let me let me reword that pitch for you. All right, a family moves to town, and there's weird stuff coming soon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You know, you you sit there and you say, written by, and you get your your stellar cast of writers and a showrunner. You can be like, ooh. You don't even have to sit there and and be in the plot. Like it's it it's weird stuff, and it turns out to be little green men, or it's weird stuff, and it turns out that Trump's a psychic. You know, it's like. You, if you sit there and it say it's starring X, Y, and Z, and they're just like, oh, these are people I want to see in this situation. Yeah, but we don't have any of that. There so. is one red flag though. As much as I like Supernatural, it was very much a CW show. And if you said that this is going to be on Peacock, you said, yeah, okay, well, that's not as bad. But if it was on the CW, we know what it would be like—a whole lot of teen drama. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a whole lot of. We should never have moved here. It's all my fault. Yeah. <laughs> I will never lie to you again except for give me five minutes. Yeah. Now uh, take your lunch and go to school. Oh, school. I hate school so much. And finally, Fear. A new series is headed to Peacock, and that is titled Fear, and it's based <laughs> on the 1996 movie of the same name. 
The film starred Reese Witherspoon and Mark Wahlberg as a teen girl and her psychotic boyfriend turns stalker. Oh, Quote, yeah. The modern series reinvention follow, finds two young lovers in a psychological game of cat and mouse. But who's the cat? Who's the mouse? When David and Nicole first meet in Seattle, it feels like an epic once-in-a-lifetime romance. But soon it becomes clear that the seemingly perfect couple is anything but. Told from conflicting points of view, the series wrestles with personal demons, hidden agendas and reframes the he said she said conversation into a twist-filled suspense story about toxic relationships the path creator jessica goldberg is writing the series as well as executive producing alongside imagine television's brian grazer ron howard lily burns and Kristen zolner what do you think about a reimagining of fear open the fucking door so rashomon you what huh Sure. Ra- the yeah. Netflix show you <laughs> Rashomon style. Again, I got nothing. Yeah, nothing. Well, uh, do, do you, you guys never... don't know Rashomon, right? No. no. It's oh. a story. It's a samurai story, uh, uh, samurai period story, where um, a certain event takes place, and the story gets told four different times four different viewpoints from a person who was uh, assaulted a person who did the assault someone who uh, tried to prevent the assault and some um, um, nebbish farmer types who like 3PO and R2D2 who actually witnessed you know things so that's here's an example of what we were just saying there is your hook is the conflicting viewpoints that's the only thing that could make me interested in this. Yeah. Okay, so like, for pe- someone like me who hasn't seen Rashomon, but who has seen Hero, like that, where there's three different stories told from different... Sure, sure. Okay. Hero does that Does that to... Well, well. A, I'm going to have to see Rashomon, because that sounds pretty good. It is. It's you, one of oh. Kurosawa's best. Yeah. Okay. Seriously. But this I, doesn't have the hook other than that. Other than that, yeah. And and also it kind of, you know, it, nowadays it said, you know, we're going to look at the he said, she said. And it's like, okay, careful. Because right now we're in the whole, you know, me too slash believe women. And this sounds like it could uh, be like, oh, but what if, what if the woman is the real bad guy or something like that? So I, I have a prediction. They're both bad people. Yeah. But <laughs> probably everybody's bad. That's about the best way you could get away with this. Yeah. yeah. So so I right. don't know. The, the hook is almost there, but at the same time, the subject matter is like... But if they make them both dreamy, then that means there that you go. half of my students will be, go, will be longing to end up in a shallow, unmarked grave in the middle of the woods somewhere. All right. <laughs> on a quick side note, if anybody does want to watch Rashomon, it is available on Max right now, uh, and I believe it's also on Prime Video. Yeah, uh, and also if you haven't watched it, fix your life. <laughs> although, uh, uh, you Barry, you're going to have to read the movie subtitles. Yes, it's all. I don't in have Japanese. a problem with that. All right, and also if any of you haven't seen the original Fear. Uh, oh, I it's it's pretty intense. Find it. Yeah, it's pretty, um, it's. I really enjoyed that movie because Mark Wahlberg is overacting to his heart's discontent, and it's wonderful to watch. It is pretty crazy, yeah. Alyssa Milano is also in that movie too, isn't I she? So. Yeah, she's like the best friend or something. So yeah, fear. 
if you, you can watch it both ways, you can watch it because you enjoy, it or you can hate watch it. Either way, it's an enjoyable experience. If you ever watch, if you ever watch Hero, watch that. Yes, the the the, the cinematography on that is, is one what really got me. The most I've been told by somebody movies. that was stalked that that's actually a pretty decent representation of being stalked. Yeah, yeah. Hero. Yeah. I don't know. Hero. Uh, Hero. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> Hero. And it, just the colors of how it changes. Yes. from each side of the story. Absolutely mag- magnificent production design, cinematography, the works. Wahlberg's delivery of Open the Fucking Door is gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. So here we go. I got the four shows. We got Who Will Survive the Cabin in the Woods. That's the reality competition show with the stalker in it. House of Ninjas that has the Japanese history ninja stuff with some family cuckoo-ness. Uh, St. Donatus with the... From the people from the supernatural going to the unsettling small town and the thing in the cellar. And fear, well, we just talked about that. So which one do you want to put your green light on? Uh, let's start with you, Deb. I don't know. Um, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick fear. Uh, just because it has the most potential to be captivating, if done correctly. All right. Steve, where's your green? So I'm going to go with St. Donatus just because it's such a freaking blank slate in that pitch that... It's too it, boring. It could do anything it's with it. It's too boring. <laughs> it could do anything with it, yeah. It could be anything. Yeah. I like anything. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, yeah, well. Jeff, what's your green light? I like things. Uh, I'm going to go with fear just because, I mean, it seems have the most potential out of all four. Because all four of them are really bad, dude. Just... Mm put it right out there agreed yeah agreed yeah. that one seems like it could be decent if it's done well flarg saint donatus donatus is about things and i don't like things um so not that ninjas i love but they're gonna screw it up with family stuff so no the businessman in me wants to green light the netflix one because reality shows are cheap and we can make a bunch of money but probably fear. Kirsten. Um, yeah, well, fear. Yeah, I'm just, I'm worried about the subject matter. Uh, St. Donatus, I think, eh, I think Barry pretty much said it. It's about a thing, you know, it's about the town. Things like, are terrible. You gotta, you, this has got to have the cast or something else to grab my attention. I bet it has people too. Yeah. Oh, they're the worst. Oh, God, I hate that. Um, <laughs> nothing ruins a town like people. Uh, the ninja thing I like Barry I was right there until they said wacky family as soon as they got into family and colorful characters I was like fuck cause it's like if you think about it if if you do a somewhat uh, somewhat serious take on ninjas today what would it be what would they be like what would they do you know not not just fly around in, in outdated archaic robes with katanas but what would the modern day ninja really be like? That could be something cool. And then they throw in the fucking family. So to be perf to be <laughs> the cabin thing, it's like this is the first time I've heard a reality show pitch I might be interested in in like decades. So because you know what part of what I was thinking, uh, what I visualized when you were describing this was Blair Witch. You know, so they knew everything was fake and it's still fucking, you know, torqued them out. 
So you you can there are if they cast it right, they're going to cast people who can be fucked with. They're, they get a whole bunch of Barrys. They're going to be like, ah, this we're we're sunk. So <laughs> well, that's with any program. Really. <laughs> so you know, um, I'll go with the cabin thing. And I, I, I'm saying this like with all the enthusiasm of uh, of Jeff being crushed by plastic boxes. I'm being crushed. Oh no, my life is draining. <laughs> Barry, save me! Spock, help me, Spock! Uh, Jeffrey would not call out so. <laughs> So it looks like we're greenlighting fear. Uh, so which of these do you think are fake? Uh, we'll go backwards. Kirsten. I, I, I don't know. They're all so awful. <laughs> which means they're usually all true. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, it's just like, I can't, I can't, I don't know. Um, uh, I'll go with fear. Flarg, what do you think's fake? House of Ninjas has the smell of fake. More of that Pat Spurl sticky glaze on it. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff. I also think uh, House of Ninjas is fake. It just, yeah, it sounds too elevator pitchy, you know, slapping two things together. Steve. I think the Cabin in the Woods thing is the fake one because it sounds like somebody listened to our description of the Michael Myers game and was like, ooh, that might be in reality TV show. I agree with Steve. I think it's the cabin in the woods. The fake one was sent to us this week by Aussie Matt. Yay. And it is who will survive the cabin in the woods? Yes. And that means House of Ninjas, St. Donatus, and Fear are all in some form of development, especially now that the writer strike seems to be over. Except the actor strike is still on. It is true. There, there is well, that can, hurdle. So they can write it. Well, the reality show would be fine. Now is the time for puppet shows. So got to have puppeteers who are probably still union. Yeah, yeah. yeah. still going to. There be is SAG a puppeteers after. union. Yeah. Are they on strike? If they're in SAG-AFTRA. Yep. <sighs> and Ozzy Matt, I hate to break this to you, Jeff was right. This show already exists. There is a reality show based with a slasher, almost exactly the way described here, uh, except uh, Ozzy Matt's version has a little more of a uh, escape room aspect where the actual show has more competitions involved. Uh, but the show is called Killer Camp. Oh, yes. And it is two teams uh, and one member of one of those teams is the killer. And so it's about, and every night, somebody is eliminated by the killer in some way. That's a great party game. It, it really is. It's watching a party game in action. And they've done a few, it's, it's a British reality show, which is why most of us haven't heard of it. I knew uh, it sounded familiar. Uh, they brought it, the first time they brought it to us was when they had, uh, I think, the last writer's strike. Uh, it was for the first time I saw Killer Camp because they needed some shows to fill it, and they got some BBC shows. <laughs> and they, I, they've they since released a few other seasons, and I really do enjoy watching it. It's a great show. It's, as far as reality competitions go, it's got just enough horror veneer on it, uh, and it's got a little cheese factor. I'm not going to lie about that. But it is enjoy to watch and, and trying to figure out the mystery yourself as to which of these, because the killer... Uh, if they figure out who the killer is, everybody shares in a large pot. But if the killer gets away with it 
and it isn't figured out that killer wins everything yeah you've talked about this on the show before i have yeah absolutely so uh so i like your version a lot ozzy matt but the show does exist still one of my favorite party games killer or sometimes they call it werewolf mm-hmm. yeah the yeah. the best version the best version of werewolf out there blood on the co- clock tower don't watch don't don't watch blood on the cock tower that's an that's, awful awful thing I, I that's a whole other no i don't know <laughs> but blood on the clock tower is one of the most balanced most interesting most playable uh as far as having something to do every player has a purpose version of killer slash werewolf so if you haven't looked into that there are some great videos of it in fact one of the most entertaining ones is watching no rolls Bard do it uh, they film some live ones that they've done in the, in a theater and it's really well put together and it's a great example of that game uh but a lot of local places play it uh, i know they do it at uh the uh at meepleville here mm-hmm. in las vegas they do a weekly blood on the clock tower session if you want to get in on that uh but look into that game it's a great game all right yeah but who does blood on the cock tower oh that's gonna uh, be vi- uh, vivid oh, vivid yeah, video tommy gun and monique alexander yeah yeah <laughs> So, what do you think, FanX people? Is this for you? <laughs> Speaking of FanX, we have one last thing we have to do. Oh, no. no. So, what? some of our visitors at the booth are going to be intimately familiar with what we're about to do. Oh, no. What have you done, Jeff? What have you done? What's going in my mouth? Hey! Oh. <laughs> the game so, show everyone freaking hates. As oh, promised no. a few weeks ago, I have the coca-cola what do they call it the y3000 that's the quote-unquote ai created that's what we talked about last yep. week the uh, a, yeah oh, unrefrigerated no it's refrigerated it's so cold <laughs> okay. it's been in Thank the God. cold bag over oh, here okay so <laughs> we are going to try this ai concoction <sighs> and uh you know We've done one of these Coke flavored cokes before, and uh, as the, I recall, was it, it the Peeps flavored Coke that we, we had. No, that was the that was the Peeps flavored Pepsi. No, we did one of these oh, crazy big difference. Cokes creations before, <laughs> and as I recall, it didn't taste like anything. Yeah. I, I think my favorite of the Coke ones so far is the last one they did, the Level Up, the Experience Points one. Oh, I that, have that one. That was basically a strawberry flavored Coke. Ew! It kind of works. I was gonna bring that one as well, but I'm like, nah, we're not gonna have enough time to even do the one. So. So, but so far, all these co-creations have been terrible. Uh, so I'm maybe the AI saves it. Who knows? Maybe this will all change right. my opinion on it's AI. Everybody has it one. smells like a like a very sweet Coke, like mm. normal Coke. It smells like Pepsi. Mm. You know, it almost <laughs> smells like that Peeps flavored Pepsi. I got to be honest. It smells sweet, man. I don't know. All well, right, let's, here we go. Let's try Slantia. it. Slantia. That is so weird. What is that? What is the taste? It doesn't taste like anything natural. I got to tell you, for someone who doesn't drink soda, I don't drink soda at all. That doesn't taste horrible. It's missing something. It tastes like a like a slightly flat Pepsi. Yeah. Well, it doesn't help that no, Jeff, that isn't cold. And two, fill the bottle. It's cold. It's it's coldish. Cool. It's cool. Well, it's Um, been sitting for two hours. No, you know what? That's fine because then we get the real flavor of it. Yeah, it's true. But it's got it's got it's got something is missing in the middle of your tongue. Tastes like a flat Pepsi. Yeah, and it's and it's got a, a spike of sweetness in the back of the throat. 
There is something at the end, though, that I like. There is some spice in there that catches me at the end that I am enjoying, and I can't identify it yet. All spice? But I will. It might be, but there is something at the end that I'm Mm -hmm. intrigued by. Some -hmm. some type of phalernum, some kind of something. No, I'm with... Pimento dram. I'm with Deb. It's not bad. It's just it's not very good. It's not yeah. right. That's yeah. been the whole thing with these. It's been. Yeah. It's not refreshing. But yeah. also, this is why I don't drink soda. The second ingredient is high fructose corn syrup. Mm. That's always yeah. the second ingredient. Yeah. <laughs> After water. <laughs> Basically corn. So if you're going to give uh, Y3000 Coke a 1 out of 10 score, uh, what do you give it, uh, Vlarg? Three. Jeff? Two. Five. Steve? It's just five it's deb yeah four kirsten lando it was like lando you know the donald glover going to a movie from the tv series (laughs) sure i'll take that rating (laughs) okay i'll I'll give it a five i've had worse but i've definitely had better and uh but i know who is better our tier two members mike m mama ninja scoop heidi johnson david hydebreyer scoop bucky aaron esquire minty scoop two is one leon mitt and scoopy ramon and of course our tier four members deb t david farrar jr conkle our tier five members jeff harris aussie mad mad martron glumley and atomic gumby and of course you dear listener and a special thank you to our theme song creator sam heffernan that song's the burning light and you can find his music at swh music you can find it on spotify soundcloud youtube and twitch and our red light green light theme writer is justin nozick aka froyog soft serve you can find his music at theplaguephysicians.bandcamp.com that's who i forgot to put on our car ride playlist how could you forget the plague physicians well i was too busy trying to find songs that wouldn't uh offend poor steve biggs and then steve biggs just goes ahead and puts the worst songs ever on the playlist steve what'd you put on the playlist I, I don't know. I put, you know, some John Williams, some Frank Sinatra. Lots so. of movie scores with no singing. Oh, yeah. Which you is... Could, you can make up your own words. I mean, you can, but when you're doing a six and a half hour drive, I need like music I can sing to. I need something to keep me awake and keep me entertained. See, this is why you'll have to let me help with the... Uh, no. <laughs> That's you're why... My stuff got skipped more. Yeah, why would you put it? Your stuff didn't get skipped more. Schoolhouse Rock. Oh, yeah. No. Conjunction Junction. Damn right. Lolly, lolly, lolly. Get your adverbs here. Yes. Theme to the 1966 Iron Man. Yeah. Tony Stark makes you feel. The Hulk. You know, Doc Bruce Banner. No. Skip. Yeah, (laughs) I got that. Johnny Quest. That didn't get skipped. We listened to that in its entirety. Shut up. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) And it wasn't as bad as the, the one from Legally Blonde or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, you guys. It's from the musical, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's great. <laughs> Six and a half hours of this. Barry flop. hated that so bad. Every time we said, oh, my God, during the weekend, he would cringe. I wanted to get out of the car. I just wanted to get out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> Middle so, of Utah. That was pretty cool, actually. Uh, Start a farm. And then also, what was the one that, oh, shit, what was the one I did that really got him? Um, uh, I was actually surprised because the put on my boogie shoes didn't really have that much of an effect on him. Um, I just suffered through it. Yeah, but uh, there was what was the ah oh, shit? There was one he really, he really fucking hated. He turned and just gave Steve the stink eye, and, and Steve was like, was like "Wasn't me." Oh, no, no, no. 
<laughs> and I can't even remember. I'm sure there was a few. There were a few. It your was guys fun. taste in music. It's, it's nice to know that even though I wasn't there, my spirit was. Oh, your spirit oh, yeah. was. At, at, in fact, so much so that there were a couple times he was like, how did Torgo get to? He doesn't. He wasn't invited to this. On purpose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if only I was. We do need to give a quick shout out to our three grand prize winners from the weekend. Uh, day one winner was Jerome. He won the $50 Etsy gift card. Day two was Missy, who won the box lunch $50 gift card. And day three, Esteban with the T-Fury $50 gift card. They were just giving stuff away. Yeah, we gave really stuff dumb. away. We didn't ask for anything in return but your name and your email address so that we could tell you all about our show. Uh, we also need to give a quick shout out to Charles, the Lyft driver, who is surpri- surprisingly kind and uh, helped Barry kev- carry the box that wasn't that heavy, but Barry made it seem like it was uh, a thousand pounds. Shut your uh, he man. loaded it into the car for us and took it out of the car yes, for he us. Shut uh, your when he didn't off, have to. Jeffrey. He took us to multiple exits. <laughs> yeah, because Cause, Steve cause suggested one but- exit and nobody liked his choice, so we told Charles to you go couldn't elsewhere. get in at that side. He took us like to one of the like side entrances that was once we got around the corner i was like our booth is right there where those people are going in right there and it was like 100 feet away from the it was farther than that 200 feet away Mm -hmm. i don't know about you listeners but i can taste salt (laughs) dude you should have seen the hunt for the gas station (laughs) oh boy Boring story. We didn't find a gas station. Anyway. Yeah, well, that's because finally Steve, it was like, Steve, where do we go from here? Nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. Salt. That's what yeah. I taste. Oh, yeah. Salt. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Vlarg. With Professor Biggs. And um, we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Oh, I, I really wish I could have been there, guys. This sounded like just so much fun you would have laughed your ass off yes and, you would have. and that's just getting to salt lake city yeah. <laughs> i would have been i would have been dead by the moment things fell on jeff oh yeah in fact i might have done that from here with mine bullets <laughs> yeah well i would have been almost literally dead so you know <laughs> the cardboard was so oh, no, no 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 they, they, it the was like boxes and it was yeah. it was heavier stuff that fell uh, on them to be luggage sure. luggage uh, uh the wheel people, of fun what are you people packing Dude, fun. Mine was probably the smallest of the bags that were in the I think it was your bag. (laughs) My bag was one of them because it was the last one in. Uh, It was like my bag. That uh, Jeff, you saved yourself. It's like my bag, Kirsten's bag, the two giant heavy cardboard boxes, the wheel of fun, uh, the other boxes that had cards in them that shifted. It was a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Candy, and, sunglasses, and, and it was just you know we we've got a bunch of sunglasses left over. I didn't yeah. think we would. We didn't hit shades all that shades, often. I guarantee you, if we count it, maybe fifteen times, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it probably needs more one slots, of or we need yeah. to find incorporate another way so to give it away. We or have we tons of sunglasses a, to give away, or or we just need a bigger wheel. Well, you were afraid oh, we were going to give yeah. away too many sunglasses, and in the end, we gave away not even a, a third. Or we a quarter. Need, we need like a four foot diameter wheel with lights. Yes, and Jeff needs to sit next to it. Yes, <laughs> with a razor edge on it. It already has it. a razor edge on it. Jeff knows. Ah, things are falling on me. 
Barry Sage. I'm being decapitated. Oh, knives, they're sharp. It's cutting into my carotid artery. Oh, no. I have been hit on the head. (laughs) 